Thanks for downloading this IMSA Radio podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be broadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by visiting imsaradio.com or search for IMSA Radio wherever they get their podcasts. WeatherTech Sports Car Championship on IMSA Radio. Well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It has come around to this. A circle that has come 360 degrees from 1998 when Don Penos conceived that we would have a race here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta that was a smaller version of his beloved, beloved Le Mans 24 hours. Dr. Pernos had in his mind the opportunity to bring world sports car racing together and not just in the US but right across the globe. And for the first few years of the ALMS, there was no need for a world championship simply because the ALMS was the de facto world championship. As the years went by and things changed, as they always do, the LMS left us and was replaced by current IMSA and what has become the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. But the legacy of Dr. Don Penos, taken up by Mr. France and Scott Atherton and Pierre Fillon, was to bring that sports car world together. And we saw that happen just a few years ago to the point where the top class now can race here in America and, of course, at Le Mans and in the WEC. The challenge for this weekend is 12 corners. It's 2.54 miles and it's a car count that is extraordinary and has never been bettered here at Motul Petit Le Mans with 52 cars taking the start of the race. Action areas at turn one through turns six and seven and in the braking areas at the bottom of the hill at turn 10. Jeremy Shaw and John Hindorf in the Global Broadcast Centre. Shea Adam, Nick Damon and Joe Bradley will be in the booth. And drama even before we have got started as we've got reports of the number 85 Rasmus Lind JDC Miller Motorsports car off the circuit at turn three. And we're waiting to see if that has continued. Yes, it has. The bright yellow car you can see now moving. But it has got damage to the rear suspension. Rasmus Lind. This is this is shades of Alan McNish when he was on his way to the grid, but not to the warm-up lap. My goodness me, Rasmus Lind has binned it. Coming over the top of the hill of five, we saw Lawrence Vantor do exactly the same thing yesterday. In fact, it was even earlier than that. That was coming up through turn three. He's only at turn five now. We may not be able to get this race started as the first formation lap between the BMW X50M behind the BMW X50M is has been completed as they go across the line Rasmus Lind is still forcing his way around well 
drama aplenty, as we've come to expect at uh, Petit Le Mans, Motil Petit Le Mans, before things have even got underway. Yeah, and with the with the split start, he's ahead of the all the GT cars, I think, isn't he? In touch, he's got a, uh, they, they've got a, yeah, slow slow down even more, I think, than they would have done. He looks like he's going to be able to get, get that car into the pit lane, but what a disastrous start to the weekend for Rasmus Lind. We've got two cars that, when the green flag does fly, or indeed once the race gets underway, even if it's behind the safety car will be confirmed as champions as Rasmus Linz comes into the pit. Shea Adam down in the pit lane. Uh, two teams on tenterhooks at the moment. The number 14, Vassar Sullivan Lexus, both crews for the 14 and the 12, standing up on the wall, waiting eagerly to see their car cross that line when the green flag flies, because that will mean the culmination of a season's work has resulted in a championship. Same thing is going on down at the 74 for Riley and Gar Robinson. So we have two teams that are very eager to get this thing going. The JDC car uh, came in, Rasmus Lind took it straight behind the wall though, trundled down the pit lane, straight behind the wall. Uh, they're going to need a new wig, a new wig, wig, wig and wire, and the question is whether he's damaged the rear suspension. So definitely not the style that anyone would want, but repairable, but that's them um, out of contention, unless some weird things happen. The rest of the P3 championship uh, standings. Nick Damon and Shea Adam on duty in the pit lane to start with. Yeah, there was definitely damage to the rear suspension. The, the car was crabbing all the way down, all the way uh, back here, so... Uh, they're going to have to probably replace that corner and the rear, of course, the bodywork. And another, oh, another. issue. At, this is at turn six. This is Ari Berlog in the Tower Motorsports car. And the two-ton blue car. Now, is that a bit of zigging when he should have been zagging? Oh, he just got his foot on the throttle. The back end spun up. Left Michelin tyre marks on the road. And he spun up and hit the wall driver's right. Going into turn six, I'm pretty sure now that this is going to be a delayed start to the race. Live from Traxxas. So, now he's got to try and get that car into the bit. Well, we're going to go great. We are going to go green, and it's an early jump by Louis Delatras. He gets away very quickly. Now, was there a change of lane there by Sebastian Bourdais in second place? He was left for dead, but he's come back really quickly, goes around the outside of turn one, and the gold-fronted Cadillac has come back from a two-length deficit as they went green. Also forcing their way up the inside is Tom Blomqvist up into third position. That start will be reviewed it was pretty patchy. Maybe it was Delatraz that changed lanes. Here come the GTs. It was heart of racing on pole position for Aston Martin and Ian James as they go through the first corner. It's just about held on to that. So the two teams that Shea was talking about have taken the green flag. And... They can start now to, well, they can stop worrying and start, Shea, thinking about the rest of this 10-hour race. Yep, now is when the excitement begins because Ben Barnicott is a 2023 IMSA champion and now all that's left to go defend the race win. Meantime, Nick Damon is with the other team that's just won, and they seemed a little more phlegmatic. Well, two of the mechanics exchanged a very limp fist bump, and that was it. And the rest of them carried on. 
And we've got another issue, and it's the tower car again. And that's at the top of turn. That's at the top of turn three, I think. Uh, that continued through having been off at turn six. And I wonder if something's broken on that car. There's damage to the left, left rear. This surely now will be a safety car, having been off coming to the green it's now off at the top of the hill of turn three where the tds car left its mark on the tire barrier wall literally uh, we're still green at the moment and again that's a spin up of the rear tires uh, for that machine and that's both ends of the car well if it wasn't damaged in that first off it certainly has been now and the full course yellow has come out uh, lap two i think that would be, Hindoff wins the full course caution lottery. And so Ari Berlog off twice in the first two laps. This will be a short uh, yellow. Gives us an opportunity to speak to some champions. Shea Adam. Congratulations, champion Ben Barnicket. Now the easy part. You focus on revisiting Victory Lane here, which you did 12 months ago. All the pressure's off. How does it feel? Yeah, no, it feels amazing. I've got to say a huge thank you to everyone here at Vassal and Lexus Racing. You know, they've done a phenomenal job all year, uh, giving us everything we need. But, you know, not only like to thank them, I'd like to thank my family, especially my dad and my mom, who gave so much sacrifice when I was young. It's hard to, um, you know, believe what, what that I'm here, you know, as a GTD Pro Champion now when you start out with your dream as a kid. And the Racing Steps Foundation gave me a huge break to, to fund my junior career. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people, the, the list is endless, but... You know, th those guys really deserve a mention. And, and to Jack as well, you know, he was the one who brought me into this Lexus family, really. He was uh, given an open choice of who he wanted, and he picked me, and I was very lucky and fortunate that he did. Um, so, yeah, pressure's off now. Like I said, go and do what we did 12 months ago. That was where this championship started. That was where we got our momentum. And, uh, yeah, go and do it all again and uh, fuel us for the, the next title, hopefully. And tell me about the special thing that you've done for your helmet for today's race. Yeah, so on my race helmet, I've got each and every member of the crew, you know, from the tire guy, the videographers, um, you know, all the way to engineers, team owners, just uh, got them to sign my helmet. I'm going to race with them on it today. They've been a massive part of this journey. I couldn't have done it without each and every individual. So it's an honor to, to run with them on my on my helmet. And then after the race, I'll be able to pull that in the cabinet and... Uh, Every, every time I'm in my house, it'll be a reminder of what we achieved and a, a, a huge milestone for me. So very grateful for, for everyone and everyone at IMSA putting on a great show. Yourself, uh, all the lucky interviews throughout the year. And uh, yeah, just, just keep on churning. You know, it's the first title, but I hope it's not the last. And the other champions in LMP3 at 74 is the Riley Speed. Riley. Um, Car. And of course, we've got Philippe Fraga and uh, Josh Burden. Philippe, congratulations. You, there was very little reaction. I saw one minor fist bump, but uh, you are champions. Yeah, actually, Gar is champion alone because we, we missed some races. But yeah, congrats to, to Riley and to Gar, everyone in the pro program, Josh. Uh, but uh, yeah, we already say congrats, but now we, we want to win this race. Josh, we've seen um, a number of incidents already. Has, has Gar been on the radio saying this is a very tricky, slippery track? Yeah, uh, ultimately it is the beginning of a 10-hour race and there was a lot of rain overnight, so uh, it's definitely greasy out there. Um, yeah, just about staying out of trouble at the moment, so we're there in the final couple of hours. <laughs> Congratulations to the 74 team. Low-key victory, but a victory nonetheless. Take a championship, a championship's a championship. Uh, so um, I, I, I take the 
I take no pleasure in saying that I predicted lap two, to be mm. honest, Jeremy. But that was a an untidy start. Grief. Yeah, yeah, not very impressive, to be honest. I mean, look, it, it is tricky out there. Ari Baylog, you know, he's got very little experience um, in racing, quite frankly. I mean, he's, he'd, been, he'd been racing for three or four years, but uh, this is his first time in an LMP2 car. That's kind of excusable. For Rasmus Lind, however, uh, he, yeah, he's, uh, he's a professional driver. Uh, he's been doing Indy Next uh, this past year. Uh, he's got a fair bit of experience in LMP3 cars, and that's just not the sort of mistake you would expect him, somebody of his experience, to make, uh, quite frankly. So, yeah, really disappointing uh, way to start this race, uh, and particularly after we've been so clean through the practice sessions, uh, particularly the night practice the other night. Um, goodness gracious, it was, it was clean all the way through. There was one incident where the... Uh, a wheel fell off uh, one of the cars, number 59 car, uh, but that, that, that wheel sort of ended up in a gravel trap and it, there was never a, a, another full course caution to get, get it out of the way. The, the car was fine out of the way, so it wasn't, really wasn't that big of an issue. But it's been super clean so far, so yeah, I guess it was coming, wasn't it? But uh, hopefully now we can get these early jitters out of the way and uh, settle down into a proper race. But it's a great start there by Sebastian Bourdais. Also in, in LP2, Stephen Thomas uh, drove around the outside of Ben Keating those two great rivals uh, uh, to take the lead in the class in car number 11. Uh, Glenn, Van, Glenn, Glenn Van Berlo maintained the lead in LMP3 for Andretti Autosport and in GTD uh, no real change there amongst the top several cars. The uh, Ian James holding on to the overall GT lead just ahead of Jack Hawksworth who's as we just heard happy from, from his teammate happy to take the start of this race. Jeremy Shaw, John Heindorf in the booth. And good to have your company wherever you are in the world. 98.1 is Road Atlanta FM, XM207, if you are suitably equipped and driving around. And, of course, on RST, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels uh, via imsaradio.com. And we've also got some video on there if you're outside the U.S., uh, that if you go to imsaradio.com, I know imsaradio and having World Fake Telly, but, you know, it's a... Uh, an integrated service and has been for the last nine years. So you should be getting used to it by now. Go to the top left, there's a drop down menu, hit IMSA Live Video. And if you're outside the US, as I say, you get uh, commercial free and uh, subscription free uh, coverage all the way through. Our colleagues at NBC Sport, Townsend Bell, Calvin Fish, and Lee Diffrey are on duty for you here in the US working the safety car laps following that uh, following that uh, incident with the sunshine now beating down on the front straight at least actually there's a couple of little uh, little places that are still under shadow surprising me not at all that the start is under review that is standard operational practice but we thought we saw a couple of cars maybe out of line you're not allowed to break line until you've crossed the start stripe really really odd mistake there by Ari Berlog did it twice once going down to turn six then came round, took the green flag and spun up the back wheels over the brow at coming up to turn two and that's done yeah. significant damage to that number eight tower motorsport Orica. Yeah, and he's already out of that car. I mean, he'd, he'd already done the same thing. Yeah. Going, going down to turn six, Jeremy, and sort of got away with it. I, I, I mean, can, maybe giving them the, 
the, the benefit of the doubt, did something break on the left rear there? So he was coming over the brow because he had given it a fairly hefty clout. So he comes through. There's certainly, there's certainly not as much mission and rubber being laid down behind him, but he was on the grass pretty quick, and at that point, he's a, a passenger. Uh, Rasmus Lind, by the way, for JDC Miller Motorsport, uh, has left the pit lane. So they've repaired the back of that car. He's dropped three laps. But is that that's something we're going to have to follow now and see if that yellow car can fight its way through, the 85 car. That was the other car that crashed before we get to got to the green flag. So Shea Adam is <laughs> in the pit lane waiting to find out what's going to happen. Scott McLaughlin, of course, and Kevin Simpson, the other two drivers to Ari Berlog. Scott McLaughlin, I'm really looking forward to this race. And right now, if they do get that car fixed, at the very least, his Petit Le Mans debut is going to be delayed. And any chance in LMP2 of a decent victory seems to have been shattered, along with the rear bodywork on the wall at driver's left at turn three yeah damaged front and rear i think on that car so it's going to be uh, it's coming back on the flatbed now and it's going to be a, a, a major repair job i think it you know it's the sort of thing you can probably get done perhaps in if you're lucky 45 minutes or so but um yeah completely out of contention and just really disappointing um obviously for ari uh, and for those two uh, regular IndyCar drivers for next season in terms of Kiffin Simpson moving up from Indy next this year and Scotty McLaughlin of course he's become a real star over the last several years in the IndyCar series alright hopefully uh, that can't I thought they'd be too far away yet. Jeremy from getting back around no that uh, Flatbed should. I think it was. Where is it? Uh, well, there's a, there's a, there's an opportunity for it to drop off the circuit true. normally at turn five six at the cutout uh, there and come back on the infield roads. Yeah. Um. I don't have a. Uh, I don't have a transponder on that, so I can't spot this. It, it, you realise how many cars you've got here uh, on the circuit, yeah. Jeremy, when the safety car is going down towards turn six. And in line astern behind the safety car, the last car in line is not yet through turn one. Yeah. So that is, it's pretty much half the circuit is covered by cars when you go back to green. And the lights have gone out on the BMW X50M safety car. V, V8 twin turbo, 4.4 litres, all-wheel drive, very comfortable interior he had a quick squeeze around in one of them earlier in the week and uh, as safety vehicles go safety cars go that's a very nice way to spend your 10 hours if you're the safety car drivers no doubt locked into xm207 listening to us now or 98.1 road atlanta fm hello to all of our safety crews and we thank you in advance for all your hard work for this race and for what you've already done for us all this season. So, Sebastian Bourdais, then, will bring the field back to green at Motul Petit Le Mans. It's the 26th running. The backsides 
All the viewing platforms and grandstands are absolutely packed. And we go back to green. And Bordes made a decent jump there. As he heads up towards turn one. There's a six or seven car gap between himself and Louis Delatraz in second place. He's got Tom Blomqvist for company. So the black and blue, number 10, left-handed down through the S's now with the white and pink Acura, the number 60 car, which would have been a title contender had it not been for the disqualification and the removal of points from Daytona after their tyre infractions. Penalties coming through for the start. Augusto Farfus for BMW Team RLL and Nick Tandy in the number six for changing lanes at the start. That's a drive-through. I've got to say, I did think it was untidy, but I thought there were others that were very marginal there. The stewards have taken their time to review it. Yeah, it's tricky here because you know, the, uh, the the final corner before the start finish line, the start finish line is right after the corner uh, corner exit, uh, and if you're accelerating before the corner, I mean, it's so tempting to to, to cut that corner and uh, really straight. Really, Unfortunate, I think, for those Straight two. into the pit lane now. And, yeah, you can see that they'd pulled over to take the apex yeah. of the final corner, Jeremy. Exactly what you'd, you'd said. Whereas the pole sitter on the, on the inside of the racetrack, Louis Deltras, he, did st- he, he left uh, a full car width uh, on, on the, the outside. outside. It wasn't the car there, but he left that lane, and that's the important thing there. Yeah. The other guys behind didn't just an instinctive reaction to to take the racing line through there and uh, unfortunately they got caught out by it also coming into the pit lane uh, who was that that came in Shea Adam is watching uh, it's the Harrison contracting Acura the Racers Edge Motorsports uh, car number 93 all the way down the pit lane they've got one of the best boxes on the lane because they are all the way down the car sounds okay but they're topping it off with fuel. Ah, engine off and the hood is coming off. This is not good. We'll get back to share in a moment. There's a battle at the front of the GT field where one of the GT cars, this is Ian James, who qualified ahead of all the GTD pros and fighting their way back from being at the back of the grid. What an early run it's been uh, for the Lamborghinis. And now Dorian Pan is side by side. He's going down to turn 10, round the outside of one of the Lexus. That's the battle for second place in the green number background cars. That's GTD, rather GTD Pro and Dorian Pan, who for the most of qualifying was the fastest Lamborghini. And she is showing that she's not here to do anything else than get to the front. The Iron Dames doing a fantastic job here in the Michelin Endurance Cup this season. Still Ian James leading in Aston Martin. Uh, We've got more drive-throughs coming. The 66 NSX for Gradient. That's a drive-through for changing lanes at the GT start of the race. Uh, Also, the 47 Cetilar Ferrari for changing lanes at the start of the race. And I think there was one more as well that flashed through there as well. Uh, The 61 
as well, changing lanes. That's Miguel Molina for AF Corsa in the 296. So those are the penalties for changing lanes there. That's effectively a false start. Meanwhile, Dorian Pan, nothing false about that move, goes up and passes the leading GTD Pro Car of Jack Hawksworth, who's now got the Corvette behind it. Last race for that Corvette. Remember, that's the GTLM car, which was engineered into GT3-ish specification. Brand new car coming for next year. And here come the prototypes coming through the field. These are the two cars that have already taken their drive through. Chetelar Ferrari reported as off track as well. And there's damage to the left rear. Oh, it's been a horrible weekend for the blue and tricolore coloured Chetelar Ferrari. That's a tyre that is down but I had a report of it off track before we picked up on that. And it's coming at the moment. It's about still got about a third of the lap to go. And that Chetelar Ferrari has had no luck but bad luck. Just coming through the final chicane at the moment for Antonio Fuego. Well, he and, and part now, the tyre, the tyres come apart now as the battle for the lead of GT continues and this is the GT overall as well as the GT standard Ian James being defensive on the inside Dorian Pan in the bright pink Lamborghini tries to go around the outside they'll have to avoid the tyre carcass which is on driver's right which they've just done will be going full course yellow any second now to have that retrieved and for the moment Ian James just about hangs on Aston Martin from Lamborghini in GTD and GTD Pro, the next two cars are battling it out and that's Hawksworth for Vassa Sullivan and Corvette Racing's Antonio Garcia and then a slew of cars all in behind them. This is quality stuff. This reminds me of the GTE and GT Le Mondes and Ian James. Talk about life in the old dog yet. Yeah, I say that with much respect for Ian. He's done loads of racing this year and at the very centre of all of the exciting news from Heart of Racing, developing the Aston Martin Valkyrie track car into a racing car. And he's leading this race now. I'll keep an eye on that. Nick Dermott can tell us about the Chetelar Ferrari. Yeah, it came in uh, relatively um, unscathed, actually. Obviously, it's lost the tyre, but the carcass came away, but it hasn't done much damage to the actual... Um uh, vehicle itself is taking a kind of a, an element off the side of the uh, the rear deck. I mean, it's not enough to replace that whole rear deck which they can do in the 296. It's got a bit of broken carbon fibre, but they put it on a bit of extra fuel and span away as quickly as possible. So, um, a, a, not a disaster, but a problem. The 93 is a serious problem. The full course caution is now out. The pits are closed. So this will not be a short yellow. This will be a regular yellow because of the proximity to the previous yellow. But for this Acura, the team told me one of the worst words you ever want to hear in racing, intermittent problem. It looks like they're working in around the power steering pump. So that's not very enjoyable for Kyle Marcelli. He remains in the pits. Thank you very much indeed, Chair. Uh, this is for the Antonio Fuego tyre carcass which uh, made its bid for freedom there is just a little bit of damage to the left rear now what happened to Antonio Fuoco he was passing the court of ah passing the court of AMG and got clobbered not once but twice there 
as there was uh, a bit of rubbing and that has undoubtedly cut the tyre side wall and Antonio doing his best to get the car back and he's actually done a pretty good job of not damaging the bodywork it was only at turn 10 the following lap it gave up about halfway around the lap and then he had to get all the way back round and almost at the scene of the crime the first time around just in the 10b the right-handed part of the uh, of the yeah, uh, chicane one he, and two yeah he, he asked for that quite frankly i mean he, he's moving way over to the left hand side of the track to defy try and defend from the mercedes that was already there i mean wh where's mercedes supposed to go um you know he, he made that move too late i'm afraid from my book i'm sure the stewards will be looking at that one you know, it's kind of self self policing really isn't it he's 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 uh, got incurred that damage uh, i don't think mercedes did anything wrong he was right over the left hand side of the racetrack going into the left-handed uh, turn there and uh, you know the instant the the contact between him was kind of before the braking area where Furco was just trying to sort of squeeze him all the way to the inside of the track where there's the optimum line of course is uh, is the opposite side of the racetrack so second full course caution safety car out again and this will allow the pits to open it also there'll be a, i think there might be a wave by here as well, well actually yeah. i think so if we could get a wave by there's quite a few of the gt gt cars uh, had been lapped uh, by the uh, by the overall race leader but not by their class leader so those cars that are in between the safety car and the uh, class leader in GTD or GTD Pro, they're able to, to pull alongside, go past the safety car and take up position at the back of the field. It's good news for Augusto Farfus and Nick Tandy because having taken their penalties for being out of line at the start, before we go back to green, there will be wave back in front in the GTP split. So they will take, uh, they'll not have to pass all of the LMP threes and twos that they are behind at the moment. Those two are in lockstep as they go across the line right in front of us. That's where our global broadcast centre is at the moment. Got to say hello to uh, Felix and Ava Tandy at the moment who are at home with the grandparents. And... Uh, uh, that means that Brittany has been allowed out and in fact she's in our global broadcast centre now seeing where the hard work is done and uh, nice to say that the family is tuned in and I know that uh, Felix and Ava are listening in Chup. let's quickly remind you that the G, the uh, uh, Pays will come in this time around. Let's welcome to the pit lane, Joe Bradley. Good morning. No, good afternoon uh, yeah. now, Joe. Good Just afternoon. Good afternoon indeed. And the, the great news is the sun has come out and it's uh, it's getting quite warm here. So that those uh, that patchy bit of track that we saw causing so many problems there, just to get this race started, I think well, they'll, they'll be virtually disappeared now. And the weather forecast that I've seen is for consistent... Uh, Beautiful ambient temperatures all the way to the checkered flag. So great news. And welcome to the 26th broadcast. Joe was here 
1998. Few changes since then, Joe, but the, the character of the track and indeed the event, that hasn't really changed at all, except it's been timed by about a 100%. Uh, do I see Richard Dean down there with you, uh, Joe? Yes, uh, you do. I've just just come across him in the pit lane. Now, uh, Richard um, called me a detective, but I'd say this was a bit of a research mission. Plans for United Autosport in this series next year? Um, yeah, you could say that. I think we're a bit bit beyond research now. We're sort of final details. So, um, you know, we've got, we've got the two entries that were announced at the State of the Series uh, announcement on Friday. So we've got the two entries and, you know, we're doing a partnership here with Junior 3, who are actively involved in this race. And, um, you know, really happy with that and got our drivers all lined up so just uh, finishing details and absorbing the atmosphere was it how, how easy was the decision uh, to to come here are you not i mean you guys were at were you at the very first petite le mans by the way i mean just, you're not unfamiliar with this territory are you <laughs> yeah i mean i've raced myself at, at petit uh, so yeah and then uh, as united autosports we've, we've taken part p2 and we're you know sporadically taking part in a few IMSA races, we've done Daytona, Sebring, Watkins Glen, Petit, but we've never done a full season, so next year, uh, full season, we're committed to two years as well, so new base in Charlotte, uh, full steam ahead, and I'm excited for it. Thanks, Richard. Prototype pit stops are going on now, and it's a very lonely safety car because he's only got two fellow competitors out on the track. The 0-1 Cadillac did not pit, and neither did the 10. Conic Minolta Acura. Everybody is in for fuel only. First car to get back going is the number 60 MSR Acura, but beating them out of the lane by dint of having the best box from being championship leaders before the weekend began, that was the number 31 Whalen Engineering Cadillac. So they got back out on the track and actually gained quite a few positions. In terms of LMP2, first car back out, one Mr. Ben Keating once again for PR1. He leads out TDS Racing Stephen Thomas. So that was interesting. Uh, so a bit of a different strategy ploy there, Jeremy, by Cadillac and Sebastian Bordier, Louis Delatraz and the Erex. Two very quick drivers into very quick cars. That was first and second qualifiers uh, have stayed out. All the other GTPs have come in, uh, and most of the LMP2 and LMP3 fields, well, Cameron Shields steered out for performance tech in LMP3. Uh, Dennis Anderson stayed out in LMP2 for high-class racing, the red and white car. So they're doing something a tiny bit different. We're coming up to half an hour having been completed in a race so far that has not got into its stride we're already sad to say it in our second full course yellow which has had uh, six laps taken up six laps already what would be the advantage of staying out the Jeremy for the Cadillac and the Acura See who we've got coming in for GTs, first of all. Uh, that that well, looks like the heart of racing car coming in. Ah, but that's the 27, not the leader. That is the that is the overall leading car. Ian James into the pit lane. Intra. Shea Adam is watching. And, in fact, it brings 
with it a number of other cars as well. Shay? I'm really intrigued by this one. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they're bringing him in. It's fuel only, so they're just going to top him off. But Ian was already out front of everybody. Seems strange to give up the track position, but now, uh, also into the pit lane, we've got the 70 Inception McLaren, just fuel for them. The number one Paul Miller Racing BMW is in. That is fuel. And Corey Lewis climbing aboard, so Madison Snow taking, uh, getting a bit of a break now. The number nine Faf Motorsport Porsche is in the lane. They look like they are out of their pit box, though. That will be refueling outside of the pit box. That is a penalty. Windward was in for fuel only. They're the first car to leave, then Faf, then the WeatherTech Mercedes, and we wait as they are doing fuel and four tires for the number 63 Iron Links Lamborghini. This was the car that uh, was moved back after qualifying yesterday, after Mirka Bordelotti got uh, out of the car in qualifying. That's a no-no. It was a stall for Corey Lewis leaving his box, which means that the number one Paul Miller Racing BMW is now behind both of the right motorsports Porsches, but still ahead of that 63 Lamborghini and also the 44 Magnus Aston Martin. Uh, Joe Bradley at the end of the pit lane, not seeing any pits, uh, not seeing any driver changes. Tops off. Anybody taking tyres there, Joe? No, I didn't see anybody take tyres or driver changes, just all fuel. I was trapped today all racing. That Porsche just took on fuel and that, and that car's blasted out. And, and I was looking up and down the pit lane trying to monitor exactly what you've just asked there, John, and I just saw fuel only. Thank you, Joe. And Shay? Now, uh, there was a driver change at Paul Miller Racing. Oh, and there was a collision between the AF Corsa Ferrari coming into its pit and the Inception McLaren going out. And that's why the number one stalled, because it had to get on the brakes to avoid the two cars ahead of it. Actually, if it was Corey... uh, No, it must have been... Um, Madison who started that so there was a driver change there and we've got another spinner Uh, this time it is the Kelly Moss number 92 the Porsche that's gone around at turn 5 and again just proving even without a change of tyres David Brulet struggling with grip on the way out surprise you not at all to know that the incident on pit lane is being looked at I would uh, suspect that that one I'm afraid is going to go down to the Inception McLaren pulling out in front of the Ferrari, both of the cars are running but there was a bit of damage to the left rear of the number 61 EF Corsa machine phewee can I just remind you, we've got nine hours and 28 minutes left of this, yeah, Jeremy. Well, untidy, untidy. Yeah, there were, there were various very close calls in pit lane over the last few, uh, over the practice sessions as well this weekend. And a lot of teams were concerned about that. There were a few releases that were somewhat dodgy. Number 92 car coming into the pit lane now. He, is that David Brule still here? So at least a half spin out in the race. I don't think he hit anything, though. No, he did not, but it was a nasty split. The pace car lights are out. What they might do is stick a new set of Michelins on there and just put the last bit of fuel into it uh, as they try to get him out without losing too much time. Probably reporting flat spots on the tyres. Yeah, exactly what is uh, being reported to me by Joe Bradley. So, we are... And the big gainer in that round of pit stops job was number 31 car. Really quick stop for Pipa Durrani. Just a, a splash of fuel there. Clearly less fuel than most of the other contenders because he leapt from a seventh to third for the restart. 
an incredible sight coming down the back stretch. I don't call it a back straight because it's curved. Um, just to see the cars in the sunshine weaving left and right. So it will be Sebastian Bourdais once again as the white BMW X50M pulls into the pit lane and a brilliant jump away again by Sebastian Bourdais and again Louis Delatraz has to defend but it's Pimo Durrani who's having to do even more defending as Tom Blomqvist in the pink and white Acura goes up the inside up in the third position not a stellar start by the Brazilian Durrani as through goes Felipe Nazir and Conor de Filippi as well so Durrani restarting third already back in sixth think he was slightly held up by Louis Delatras who didn't get the best start the Conningham and all the Acura or the best restart should I say drive through penalty for the incident on pit road to the inception McLaren I think that one was uh, one of the easier decisions that race control will have to make today we wish them the best of luck jobs that nobody's wanted to do in motor racing race control and scheduling the calendar ladies and gentlemen up there thank you for your service this year as always and thank you for the information you feed back to us as well to help us make sense of what is going on at, on the racetrack nine hours and 25 and a half minutes to go and we're back under green let's see how quickly we can break these GTPs away David Brulet is going to be the first car to go a lap down in this green flag session as Sebastian Bordet has pulled out nearly a second and a half on the rest of the field. Louis Delatraz now has Tom Blancvist in the Acura's second and third. Then it's Conor de Filippi, Philippe Nasser, Pete Durrani, Mike Rockenfeller, Neil Jarney. Nick Tandy's got ahead of Augusto Farfus, so he's made up a position. In comes the gradient 66. Now, this is for the drive-through for Catherine Legg for being out of line at the start. She didn't get the chance to do that. And, and also the inception car for the contact on pit lane. Actually, I'm thinking that Cat might have actually stretched that a little bit far in terms of that. Meantime, coming out from behind the wall, I saw a flash of yellow. So that will be the JDC Miller Motorsport car that had the incident earlier on coming back onto pit lane. The, now we've got a penalty for the number nine GTD. Uh, and that is Patrick Pile for Faf Motorsport. Shea Adams spotted the car being about a couple of feet outside of the box. They worked on the car and that's a drive through for the Canadian team and Patrick Peely. My goodness me. In our Porsche Keys the race, no penalties. Had more penalties in the first half an hour than I can remember in quite a long time, yeah. Jeremy. End of season, uh, sort of end of term thought. Here's Peely into the pit lane for that uh, drive-through for working outside the box it, it's it's just untidy it, it is. is the word I keep using yeah. but it's the only one I can think of yeah fair, fair comment uh, I think you know, the cool temperatures don't help you know, the cars slide around even bit more, even more you know, there's penalties at the start going through that final, the final corner here turn 12 to take the green flag 
Yeah, the cars are going to be sliding around even more than usual. Here's the race leaders there. They're closing up again as those two cars have just made their served their penalties. GCD cars are under about to be uh, about to be engulfed as they head into turn one. Uh, the, uh, the interesting in LMP2, Ben Keating took ha having led at, at the uh, initial start, taken uh, took the lead back. Excuse me, from uh, Stephen Thompson, Stephen Thomas, who took the lead right away from the green flag. Uh, ben Keating took the restart, the most recent restart in third, already, already back up into the lead in LMP2. Dorian Pant continues to lead the whole GTD field and sets the fastest lap of the GTD race at a 127.42. She stayed out. Jack Hawksworth is about a second and a half behind her in the first of the Lexus. He's got Antonio Garcia fighting him for GTD Pro lead. Those are the cars with the red number backgrounds. Meantime, side-by-side -side action with Pipo Durrani holding, trying to hold position. Oh, and Felipe Nasser gives his countryman just a little nudge there as they were going into turn 10A. These guys know each other very, very well indeed. And through goes the Porsche number seven. That's the one with the black rear fin and the black pinstripes on the front of the car. So Dorian Pan leading GTD, as I mentioned. Then Hawksworth and Garcia in GTD Pro. Aaron Tielitz for the GTD version or entered RCF GT. The cars are all the same, by the way, GTD and GTD Pro. It is the driver lineup that uh, decides which category they go into. We're at that stage of the race where if I look on my tracker now, I cannot find a spare piece of circuit anywhere. Dorian Pan faster again at 20.6 for the young French driver. And now two seconds to the good in that bright pink Iron Link, uh, Iron Dames. Lamborghini in the Michelin Endurance Cup races this year. Rahel Frey telling us earlier in the week that she's hopeful they might be able to extend that programme in IMSA next year. Also hopeful to be in the WEC next year with this Lamborghini GT3. Lamborghini with the LMDH, the GTP car. Not quite going to be ready is what we're hearing for Daytona. So we might not see that Lamborghini. Testing actually uh, this week. It's been testing this week. The SC63. What a start, Jeremy Shaw, for Dorian Pan. What a talent this young French driver is to be driving away from Jack Hawksworth and Antonio Garcia in that Lamborghini it's looked good all weekend but the drivers have got to execute and Dorian Pan doing a cracking job leader in traffic now yeah very impressive Dorian she was yesterday in the in the qualifying session again in the early stages of this race the Lamborghinis have been looking strong all the way through the weekend Mirko Bertolotti by the way has moved himself from what where he start 51st I think didn't he on the grid <laughs> Uh, no, he did start last, 52nd, all the way up now into the uh, 34th position and, um, and 11th out of the 26, 7, oh. 
uh, GT cars. Now, here's one of those that we're going to keep an eye on. This is a penalty for the WeatherTech number 59 car hmm. for failing to adhere to the controlled powertrain parameters. Now, this is on the GTP cars. Um, the cars are allowed a certain amount of power through the back wheels onto the track, and that is measured by a torque sensor on the drive shaft as Tower Motorsport comes out from behind the wall after a crack. So both of the cars who had their early problems are back out on the track. So that power going to the track is measured by a torque sensor on the drive shafts coming out of the gearbox. Now, whether you are being driven entirely by the internal combustion engine or partially by hybrid and partially by internal combustion engine, you have a upper limit of power. If you go above that, you are going to get a penalty. That's a warning for Tower right now. It, it will be being monitored in real time by IMSA. They have their own wiring loom in the car to service those sensors. Now, we've seen issue in the FIAWEC at Portimao. One of the sensors failed for the Toyota GRO 10 and that car had to come into the pits and have a drive shaft changed because they have to have constant measurement of that power so the hybrid is not an overboost it's not an overtake it supplements the engine power but for however many horsepower you put in from the hybrid the internal combustion engine bleeds that power off so Let's say it's 550 horsepower, then you can never go over 550 horsepower. Does that explain it? I get a thumbs up from in here. That's good. So that's what we're talking about going on there. And that's happening in real time. Battle for the front of GTD Pro going up the top of Hill of Turn 2. Jack Hawksworth in the middle of the road across the blue and yellow curves in the Lexus. Lexus bringing a new car along but not going to be ready for next year. And the opportunity then for the RCF to run in the FIA WEC, waiting with bathed and breath for end of January, beginning of February, to see what the FIA WEC entry list looks like. But IMSA's entry list, full. I'm sorry, no room at the inn for next year. With uh, 57 cars for the Michelin Endurance Cup and a full grid of 48 for the full season end race. Extraordinary time to be in sports car racing. And we should count ourselves lucky. These literally are the glory days of sports car racing. Never been anything quite like it, certainly not in my lifetime. Never thought I'd see the regulations come together. And it has brought in an abundance, a cornucopia of delights for us, both visual and oral. The sounds of these cars, just as much of a part of what we enjoy in endurance racing is watching them going around the track. Now, lap times, Jeremy. Sebastian Bourdais has the fastest lap of the race with an 11.3. We've uh, slackened off that a little bit in traffic, but uh, still keeping a decent pace up here. 
Yeah, it's running at low 12s after, after, since the restart uh, until it hit the traffic. 15-6 uh, last time around. Uh, and I think yeah, as they're lapping cars, 12s and 13s is probably going to be the the most regular lap time. But if they're any sort of clear lap at all, 11s and, twel- 11s and 12s. So it's going to be... Uh, back and forth now all the way through to the end of this race. Bourdais pulled out a couple or three seconds now over Louis Delatraz uh, and then a similar gap back to the first of the cars that did make a pit stop. And that'll be Tom Blomquist in car number 60 who is, uh, and then uh, all sorts of battles further back. There is whoops. Oh, that is a battle between the third and fourth place yeah. cars. Tom Blomquist and Connor de Felipe. Felipe had to take to the grass and the gravel and through goes Felipe Nasser taking uh, opportunity there so Porsche number 7 now up to 4th position Tom Blomqvist holds on to 3rd and Conor de Felipe goes back to 5th still people Durrani just in 6th position ahead of Mike Rockefeller for the bright yellow JDC Miller Motorsports car Nick Tandy and Augusto Farfas have had their drive throughs they've done those and they're in 8th and ninth, under 10 seconds away from the lead, uh, elite and the 59 Proton WeatherTech Porsche sitting in 10th position. Now, the good news is for both of the cars that had the problems earlier on, the Tower car number 8 and the JDC car, both back out on circuit. The Tower car most recently, Scott McLaughlin, is with Joe Bradley. Scott, what was the extent of the challenge there? Uh, well, thankfully, we hit tyre wall. So uh, the, just a left rear suspension replaced that, some bodywork and bits and pieces. But, um, yeah, thankfully, the hit wasn't too bad. Uh, but unfortunately, we're a few laps down, but oh, many laps down. But just got to keep fighting endurance racing, and uh, hopefully it comes our way. Does that kind of take the pressure off? There's, you know, you've got nothing to lose now. Yeah, I just want to go out there and have some fun now. Hopefully, lay some pretty fast lap times and just see what happens. <laughs> Enjoy the track. Thanks, Scotty. So, Scott McLaughlin, a bit happier than he was at the start of the race. At least he knows he's going to get a, a run at this. Nice to see some of our friends here. One of the things I love about coming to Petit Le Mans, Motul Petit Le Mans and Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta, is the opportunity to catch up with people that we don't sometimes see throughout the rest of the year. Nice bit of driving, by the way, from Conor de Filippi who yeah. managed to get he was, uh, back on the track. He was nosing ahead, wasn't he, of uh, Tom Blomquist yes. that battle for third position, but uh, just carried a little bit too much speed into the corner. I don't think there was any contact between the two and ran through the gravel. Correct. Uh, we've got another penalty, crowd strike by Algarve Pro Racing, George Kirks. That was a pass under yellow. Yeah, just saying, a lot of people that we don't see always at the other races. Andy Blackmore here this weekend the livery designer extraordinaire. 23% of the grid at Andy Blackmore Designs here. Meantime in GT going through the S's. The Aston Martin fighting the number one BMW. That is uh, Corey Lewis in that car and Ian James in the 27 Aston. Ian led the race from pole position took the opportunity of an early stop under yellow. Corey Lewis has taken over the number one red, white and black BMW of Paul Miller Racing from a very short stint for Madison at the start. Madison snow at the start. Madison qualified the car, so had to start it. That's the regulation. 
Uh, also hearing that the number 93 car that had damage for Kyle Marcelli, the Racers Edge Motorsport NSX, that car's out from behind the wall. That must have sneaked out without me seeing that because the brake, they have to come in and pit in, come into the pit lane and pit in and then drive back to their pit before going back out onto the circuit, even if all they do is stop at their pit. And I have to say, I've missed that one sneaking out. Bright sunshine, 21 Celsius in the air, 26 on the track. That is 79 Fahrenheit on the track and 70 in the air. 98.1, Road Atlanta FM, XM, Sirius, Sirius XM, excuse me, 207 and around the world on RS2, part of the Radio Show Limited network of audio and visual channels. And if you do want a bit of visual, and it's lovely here at the moment, then go either to imsa.tv or to the menu at the top left of IMSA Radio's homepage. And on that drop-down menu, you will see IMSA Live Video. Simple as that. Battle through the traffic for BMW and Porsche. So that will be Nick Tandy and Augusto Farfus who are scrapping coming out of turn nine. They came into the pit lane to serve their start infringement penalties together, but the other way around. So Nick Tandy's managed to get past the number 24 of Augusto Farfus. Nick going down into uh, turn 10 at the moment, has traffic under the Fox Factory Bridge. You go under the red and white parts of the flags under there. That's where you aim for. Then you drop off the edge of the world and just hope the track hasn't moved since the last time you came around. <laughs> uh, off at the top of the circuit. Oh, this is championship implications. Ben wow. Keating, the 92 car. So George Kurtz fighting for the championship with Ben Keating and fighting for that Le Mans entry, of course. He's going to have to do a drive-through. And now the 52, Brent Keating, who was leading in LMP2 has had a spin at the top of the circuit. I mean, I was just about to point out, John, that he had a 16-second lead not over anymore. the second-place car. Uh, well, not anymore, but he still does have the lead. There is Stephen Thomas now right behind him. But in the, what, uh, 13, 14 laps we've had of green flag racing since the restart, uh, and he jumped from third to first at the restart, then just pulled away. Looks like he just got on a pound a little bit too soon there. Turn six, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah he and had the... Loops around, but still able, remarkably, to keep the lead in the class. That's a rare mistake from Ben Keating. I'm, I'm looking back into the archives of the last time yeah. we saw that. I, I cannot honestly think. I think probably here last year, the last time I saw him make a mistake. And uh, now we've got a proper scrap on between the winds coloured car, the blue and orange, and the next prototype back is yellow and red. Yeah. And Ben just last lost that on his own. He just gone past the uh, bright green Lamborghini. And that's an odd one yeah. for Ben. He he is very well used to driving these cars. And I'm I'm absolutely stunned by that. I am. And we'll get a chat with him, I'm sure, when he gets out of the car. He's in front of the Forte Racing US Racetronics car. But that happened, but I'm fairly sure that unless there was a heck of a thump from further back up the circuit, and I don't think there was, I think that was just rear wheels and the Michelin's losing grip for Ben Keating. 
in the GTD category, Dorian Pan leads. Uh, next GT back is Jack Hawks, with who leads GTD Pro in the number 14 Vasa Sullivan car. Tonio Garcia keeping him honest at about three quarters of a second. 120.633 for Dorian Pan. Is that quicker? It's, it's only two tenths slower than the other Lamborghini. Lamborghini of uh, Iron Links. Merkel bought a lot. He saw that the Lamborghinis, Jeremy, continuing to show pace here yeah. in the race as they did all week. Yeah, those cars have been fast, haven't they? Look, they look really, really strong. It's taken Bortolotti no time at all to work his way yeah, toward the front of the pack there in that uh, number 63 car. Uh, but uh, Dora Pan, she's just doing a super job. She's pulled out. Was, last time I looked, it was over five seconds. It's now 6.9 back to uh, Jack Hawksworth, who's the uh, second-placed GT car. Of course, the Iron Dames car uh, is running in GTD, not GTD Pro. So it's that, that car, the Lamborghini leads ahead of the Lexus and Chevrolet moved up into third position. Antonio Garcia, still after all these years, looking for his first win here at, at Petit Le Mans. Behind him is Aaron Tielitz in second of the Lexus. Is, 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 is. And then the best of the Ferraris. That's Daniel Serra in car number 62 uh, and Alex Riberas in the hard racing Aston car number 23. Uh, and a warning for Ben Keating for an unsafe re-entry after that spin but only a warning right now but he's going to have to keep his nose clean it was, a, it, was a, it was an unsafe exit it was certainly was <laughs> I bet it woke him up let's take a VP Fuel in race update with just under an hour completed Sebastian Porte leads the race after a little bit of a fractious and fractured first 55 minutes with the BMW X50M safety car on the circuit uh, three times three seconds the lead for the gold and grey number zero one Cadillac Racing V Series R Louis Delatraz the Paul Sinner in second in the number 10 black and a blue Conningham and all that Acura I'm pausing because we've got side by side action going down to 10A Wheel and Cadillac and BMW people Durrani and Conor de Filippi back at it, at it again and Nick Tandy closes in on them as they battle for 6th, 7th and 8th position behind them is Mike Rockenfeller in the bike yellow Porsche here comes Tandy up the inside into turn 1 he'll take one position here and gets right up onto the back of Pete Motorani who's slightly blocked by Corey Lewis in the number 1 BMW GTD car Tandy squeezes round the outside starts to attack the Brazilian ahead of him Mike yeah. Rockenfeller right in this fight as well. We'll get back to the VP Racing update in a moment, but let's stay with the action going through to turn five. Farfus now looking at the red and white rear of the Porsche number six. They jink left to avoid the Aston Martin of Heart of Racing. Farfus thinks about the inside at turn six, that banked corner. Now to turn seven. Clean exit, clean exit. That's what he'd be thinking. Oh, he took a little bit too much curb, Augusto. And the Porsche just ekes out maybe half a car's length. And Mike Rockefeller starts to come into play here. He's in the slipstream of the BMW ahead of him. In the all-yellow JDC Miller Motorsport Porsche. He's closing, but he's not going to be close enough to challenge. Pete Durrani then in the... 
holds his position of fifth. Tarani defended last time down the hill into the final corner. And my goodness me, Augusta Farfas dropping the rear left Michelin onto the dirt as he turned in for the final corner. Talk about using every inch of the racetrack there. So I'll keep an eye on that. Let me finish this run down. Cadillac 0-1. Cunningham and Alder accurate, number 10. Then the number 60 accurate. Then Felipe Nasser for Porsche. Penske Motorsport. Pete Tarani in a little bit of isolation at the moment. On his own with Nick Tandy trying to close him down. And he is doing so in the number 6. Porsche in 6. Then Conor de Filippi and Mike Rockefeller and Augusta Farfus and Neil Jarney for BMW JDC Miller Motorsports Porsche, BMW Proton Porsche in the top 10. Ben Keating, despite that spin and that time lost, continues to lead and has pulled out three seconds from the TDS Racing Twins, Stephen Thomas and John Falby, 11 and 35. John Falby's just in his fastest lap of a 15-4. In LMP3, Cameron Shields for Performance Tech, number 38 leads by round about eight seconds from Bijoy Garg for Junior 3 Racing and Jared Andretti is third in the 36 black and white car two seconds further back Dorian Pan seven seconds ahead of every other GTD or GTD Pro car Iron Dames, Lamborghini Huracan the number 83 leads it then it's the Pro Battle Vassar Sullivan and Jack Hawks was in the 14 car Antonio Garcia for the Corvette in the number three is about a second back now. Second in GTD and the fourth of the GT cars is the second Lexus. That's the number 12 of Aaron Tielitz. Then Daniel Serra for Risi competition in their Ferrari 296 GT3. Uh, they loaned a subframe to Chetelar to get them back on the track earlier on this week. Great uh, Ferrari teamwork there. Uh, behind them, it's Heart of Racing with Alex Riberas in the Pro Car for Aston Martin. Team Kortoff, Mike Ski, number 32, third in GTD. Next up, then Misha Goikberg for Lamborghini, the 78 bright green, four-tier car. Then Philellis for Winwood, running in a different colourway this uh, weekend as Dennis Anderson comes out of the pit lane in the number 20 high-class racing prototype, LMP2. Uh, yeah, Phil Ellis and Winwood Racing running black and pink for breast cancer awareness and raising money for that foundation as well this weekend. Trying to raise at least $57,000 uh, from each of their two. Uh, $5,700. Hey, $57,000. Somebody could done it. Um, for that very good cause from each of their cars. And yeah, such a cool initiative. Very isn't it? cool. And particularly having both those cars having won their respective races that last last time in Indianapolis, uh, you know, to change a winning formula, to change the colours of a winning car, well, I always find that tricky. Race teams, uh, superstitious. Uh, highly Race superstitious. Teams, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, I used to be superstitious, but not on wood now. I've given that up. <laughs> um, and that's your VP Racing in race update at the end of the first hour with Sebastian Bourdais leading by three yeah. quarters of a second. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. Three quarters of a second. And right behind then now is Tom Blomquist. I mean, only, what, five laps ago, uh, there was two, two, 
three seconds between first and second, another three seconds between second and third. Now they're pretty much nose to tail. So all of a sudden, as we're not that far away from our from our next pit, something you know, a little way to go yet, but um, we're getting well into a stint now. And those three cars have been closing up. Tom Glunkis has been getting closer to Louis Delatraz. Delatraz closer to Bourdais. If you are just joining us, welcome along to the 26th running of our WeatherTech, Ipswich WeatherTech Sports Car Championship finale. It is Motul, Petit Le Mans, Michelin Raceway, Road Atlanta, never looked any better. The grass is green. The sky with some clouds and the wind blowing in the opposite direction, actually, as it has been most of the week. It's blowing behind the cars as they go down the front straight. It was on the car's nose as they went to turn one for most of the week but we've got sunshine here at the moment a pleasant 22 celsius in the air track temperature now up to 27 that's uh, 72 fahrenheit in the air and 81 fahrenheit no rain forecast today apart from the early early part i am confident no more rain being forecast i yeah, i am exactly. absolutely confident that we are going to go well today 465 laps by the way is the distance record so you can split that down into hours if you will we've had an untidy first 60 minutes so we'll be a little bit behind here but these well gtps are pretty quick and if they get some long green flag runs then they'll start clocking the laps up pretty quickly yeah the most caution we've had in this race uh, i think was 13 the fewest was in the very first race back in uh, back in uh, 98 when there were only three I think 78 laps of uh, caution I think is the biggest we've had in 2021 correct last year was 65 laps of yellow because we had 40 how many starters we have last year we had 43 starters last year so nine more this year, 43 both in 21 and 22. A massive 52 car field this year. Equals the the, the equals the, the the most we've started, I think. Yeah, it does. That's right. But back from 2000 and 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 11, there were 52 starters in this race. 51 cars in 2014. The average number of cautions in this race is 7.8. If we go back to 25 years, the race has been run. Uh, and an average of 52 laps during the entire event. Yeah, exactly. Top three together on yep. the back stretch and going for the lead. Louis Delatras, who put the car on pole position with a stunning one lap, wonderful lap. Goes through down the inside at 10A. Trying not to get too excited because we've still got eight, eight hours, call it nine hours to go. Yeah. But that was a stunning move again by Delatras. Used the draft. No pass flaps here, no DRS. Good old-fashioned drafting down the back straight. And Delatraz back to the lead, which he lost at about corner number one the first time around. Still in third position. Oh, no, now up to second for Tom Blomqvist. Side by side down the S is the two prototypes. They are 2.1 metres wide. That was very tight indeed as Bordier claimed second place back with the gold-fronted Cadillac. You'll notice that the normally pristine white paintwork on the nose of the number 60, if you're here at the circuit or have access to our global TV, 
World Feed TV. Um, it looks like people have scrolled all over it. That's because people have, have. scrolled all over it. <laughs> all of the team have signed it, and in a tradition that goes back a few years, uh, the spectators here at Mission and Raceway Road Atlanta were invited to uh, put their name and their message. It's the last time we'll see the car in these colours. They, for the moment, Mike Shank telling us it's a pause, not a step away in the sports car programme. And uh, Elio telling us that as well. Elio Castro Nevers, part of that team. And we wish MSR the very best in their expanded IndyCar programme for next year. There will, however, still two B2 Acuras in the field as Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Global will run a second car in this championship next year. And Louis Delatraz will pair up with Jordan Taylor, who's having his last run in the Corvette. So again, bittersweet for a number of people up and down the pit lane. Through turn one, the GTD Red Acura. This is the 93 car of Kyle Marcelli, races edge car. And Shea Adam, Shea Adam has an update. Easy for me to say. <laughs> when that car came back out from behind the wall, I went up and checked with the crew. I said, did you find what the intermittent problem was? They said no, but we changed everything that we could think of. So Kyle Marcelli is still back out there. Let's hope that the steering doesn't give out for him. Let's hope that maybe it was steering that was the issue. A couple of laps off the ultimate pace of the rest of the GT field, but there is an opportunity to gain laps here with pass around. That is the IMSA and the American way. Gaggler GT cars together with some <laughs> prototypes on the long backstreet, and that includes the battle for the lead in that category at the moment, which is now where, yeah, Tonio Garcia's got through. Yeah. On Jack Hawksworth, I was just about to say, where's Jack Hawksworth? Because I can see Tony Garcia's view, and there's no yellow in front of him. He's got a clear track. So where's Jack Hawksworth? He's right. Behind, he's not far behind him. He just made the pass. Yep, there he is. There's the yellow ago. coming past in front of us now. So on that lap, uh, yeah, pre lap pre before? previous yeah. lap, yeah, previous lap. I think. So new cheer, new leader at the front of the GTD Pro Field. However, yeah. they are still ten and a half seconds behind yeah. Dorian Pan yeah, she's at the Lamborghini. Wow, and she pulled Not up. Not been here before. Yeah, that's remarkable. Uh, and Daniel Serra right there in third position in GTD Pro as well, pretty close behind the, the Lexus. What I find incredible about the Iron Dames, all of uh, all of them, but particularly Dorian in this early stint. All the heavy traffic, a tricky racetrack. She's never driven here before in a race, and they haven't even tested there. And the two Lamborghinis have been mighty this week from Iron Links and Iron Dibs. They have, and the, the number 78 car, Misha Goitberg, he's right there as well. Yeah. He's in fourth position in GTD, yeah. is Misha, in that Forte Racing, powered by US Ray Astronics car. I was talking to those guys this morning, they've been talking to Patrick Liddy who's joined the regular pairing of Michel Goitberg and Laura Spinelli and they've been struggling with the, the, the balance of that car a little bit but it clearly is working very very well 
in the early stages of this race and Misha is working his way up nicely. Sheer Adam is noticing one or two people getting a little bit twitchy. Ah, and I know why now. I've got a Conic and Minolta Acura coming past my script, my window, and it's not on the track, Sheer. Well, that's a relief because the crew has been waiting up on the wall for a lap for this car to come in. Louis Delatra is bringing the car down the pit lane. They've got the fuel nozzle ready to go. They've got tires up on the wall as well, but I don't think those are going to be utilized because they're not completely up on the wall and the mechanics are not holding them. So that's sort of an emergency store of tires. Use if you see anything wrong on the ones that are already on there. Yep, just energy replenishment, fuel, and uh, yeah, energy replenishment for the driver as well. New drinks bottle for Louis. Now, Ricky Taylor told me the other day something about if you want to think about the energy being replenished in the car in terms of calories, it makes it a lot easier to stomach, pun intended. He figured it was about 27 uh, pizzas that they use per stint. No, no, it's more like 300 pizzas per stint, but 27 large Papa John's pepperoni pizzas per lap is what this Acura eats. Just waiting on the energy at this point. Very clean stop from Wayne Taylor's Boys and Girls. And what Shea's talking about there is that there is a, a value, a calorific value, if you will, of energy. And remember what we were saying earlier on about the balance between the hybrid power and the internal combustion engine power. That means that you may have refilled your fuel tank, but um, you haven't hit your full energy target because you've been using your hybrid efficiently. So then there's a little bit of time added on at the end uh, in, to balance that out. The idea is not that the hybrid boosts the performance of the car, neither does it make it much more uh, uh, efficient in that respect. It is another tool in the toolbox. So the, the, the stop time has to be balanced between petrol, gasoline for the ICE, and energy replenishment for the hybrid. And that, that of course, is the first stop of the race, for the uh, number 10 car uh, and the number zero one yet to make its first pit stop so retakes the lead here does Sebastian Bourdais but his first pit stop must be coming up pretty darn soon two laps is what I'm hearing from oh, the wow. pit lane that's pretty good then the uh, very very annoying for everybody in that the uh, Cadillac is not only fast but it's efficient as well yeah and still has the fastest lap of the race Interesting, last time around for the race, it was 17.7. Uh, doing 12s and 13s regularly, but 117.7, so four or five seconds lost to traffic on that lap. And it was a similar story when he lost the lead a little earlier to the number 10 car. And the leader in GTD Pro is into the pit lane as well as Antonio Garcia comes in. This will be fuel and tires for the Spaniard. Staying aboard, still looking for his first victory in Petit Le Mans. He's been second three times. And he's joined by a teammate, Tommy Milner, who also has never won Petit Le Mans. Jordan Taylor knows how to get it done, though. So hopefully for the Corvette racing fans all around the world, Antonio and Tommy can finally get their first victory. It was four tires, windshield clean, and they're not doing tear-offs yet at this stage of the race. There were only eight on the car, or at least it went to the number eight is what I saw when they were on the grid. Waiting on fuel, another perfect stop from Corvette Racing. And the first of our LMP3 runners in. It's the number 38, the Performance State Sport car. In for tyres and fuel. 
only leading LMP3, certainly was when he came in the pits. Not sure how that will pan out, but he's back in the race. And Whoops. we're going to have a full course yellow with a huge crash at the bottom of the hill. Cars involved include the 023 Ferrari, the number six Porsche of Nick Tandy. We've got one of the Ferrari 296s in there as well. And there's at least one other car that... 7-0 involved in there, I'm being told as well. That's the Inception McLaren that uh, I saw. Actually, not one of the Ferraris uh, in there. Dorian Pan in the pit lane. Came in while the pits were closed, but has driven straight through. So she won't get a penalty. High class racing number 20 in there as well. And this has brought out our fourth full course yellow. Third. Uh, third, is it? Sorry, Jeremy. Yep. Okay. Um, and... Good news is that we've got a very damaged McLaren. That's not the good news. The good news is that the driver is out of the car. And that car got a penalty earlier on in the pit lane. That's uh, Brendan Ereb. Already Penske uh, and the Porsche Penske Motorsport team are, are in getting ready to get involved. Uh, it, there was a Ferrari involved in that, uh, the, tw the 023 Ferrari. Joe Bradley has that one. Nick Tandy is trying to tell the marshals that he just needs pulling out and he'll get the car back to the pit lane where the Porsche mechanics are already trying to fix it. All right, let's see if we can pick the bones out of what happened here. Oh, oh was it a tap from... The 20 the car. High-class yeah. car onto the 70 I think it was Inception a, It was one McLaren. of the GTV cars for sure. And they then came back across the road. How yeah. was the... how uh, Tandy got picked up yeah. because he was braking in front of that and the two cars that's spinning no, he weren't. Was, he was coming around the outside of them. So he comes through. Oh, yes. So jolly lucky he didn't take out the other Porsche as well. Actually, yeah, absolutely right. Uh, that well, race control would be looking at that Inception McLaren. The high class car goes through, Porsche goes through, and then we just lose the picture for a moment from the onboard. Uh, that will be through the G loading. The the zero two three. Ferrari, very fortunate to miss that. As Nick Tandy literally had nowhere to go, no. got clipped no, from he was, behind. He, he was pretty much past it, and he yeah, just, as the car spun around, he would have known nothing about that whatsoever. BMW was Augusto Farfus just in behind that, and masterful oh, avoidance there. Yeah. Just had a car, a car and a half's length, to be able to go through. Still trying to work out how this started. Oh, yeah, it was the high-class car that moved across onto the 023, was it? Yes, it was. And then that picked up the Inception car. And then that picked up the Penske Porsche Motorsport. Joe Bradley's had that Ferrari or has that Ferrari into the pit lane. Yeah, he came in, John, very, very quickly after that accident. That's why I was suspecting he was guilty by association, but no, he was involved. Uh, front 
of the car was uh, slightly damaged. All it's done is put a front bumper on and a new bonnet, and it's gone straight back out. Not really any extensive sort of damage that would delay the car. Shea Adam is down at Penske Porsche Motorsport. The uh, Nick Tandy's been told he's got to get out of the car by the uh, by the AMR safety crew. He's out. He's on his. He's on his feet. He's saying, ah, I think you could have just pushed me out of there and I would have driven it back. Uh, and Porsche, Penske Motorsport here already getting ready, uh, getting set up to fix that car. Yeah, they, they don't know that Nick's out of the car. They're holding an engine cover on the wall. They've got a new tail on the wall as well. It's right below where Mr. Penske normally sits. And now they're bringing the engine cover out onto the pit lane. They're going to maneuver it so that they can take it back behind the wall. This car is going to go back to the garage. I, I hope that they can get it fixed. Remember, this is one of our championship contenders. Uh, Nick uh, having a discussion with the AMR safety crew there because he, he wanted to stay with the car and have them pull it out. Uh, he's not happy. Um, the car comes back. What's the rules on outside assistance here, Jeremy? If they get, if there aren't any, basically. Right, so if, if it gets back to the paddock, and they fix it, it can come back out again, yeah? Yeah, yeah. sensible. Yeah. Uh, Nick being taken back to a different type of Porsche. He's in the back of the new AMR rapid response vehicle. Great to see the V8 engine back in the 2024 Cayman S. 4-litre uh, twin-turbo, 468 horsepower for the S which gets that beautiful V8 engine back again I thought we'd seen the last of that but uh, Porsche deciding to get that back into the Cayman S for 2024 and if you see a Dolomite Silver version of that going around give it a wave because it's like they've been Nick and Joe oh, that was really unfortunate that, uh, it, it was the lightest of touches between the high class racing prototype which just pitched the 23 Ferrari round that picked up the inception McLaren yeah. and Nick, uh, Nick Tandy gets hit from behind on the right rear and pitched into the wall who was in the 20 at the time was it Dennis Anderson yes yeah, it was so. yeah. it's the, the the big hit I was mean, the the biggest hit there Jeremy was on the inception McLaren and Brendan Ereeb uh, that was driver's side onto a concrete wall. And Augusto Farfus was so good at avoiding that. If Nick had been half a second before, half a second afterwards, he'd have been through that. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is when... I, I, I know racing drivers will say there's no such thing as luck. Uh, you make your own luck. That's a, that's a luck situation. Yeah. Yeah, was, I mean, he was, as you say, so close to being uh, free of that. But uh, by the same token, number seven car that was, uh, 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 you know, no, pretty, well, directly ahead of him almost got collected as well. I mean, it could have been absolutely... That could have been carnage, yeah. Yeah, disastrous for that uh, Penske team. Of course, you know, still, you know, going for the championship is the, uh, is the, is the Porsche team's... Just a, a note there. I'm looking at the Porsche uh, and the Inception uh, cars. They took quite big hits. The, the Porsche number six, uh, the G-Force sensor light is on. That's why Nick would have been asked out of the car. 
and he'll have to go and have his mandatory check at the medical. Uh, we've swapped ends. Uh, Joe Bradley is at the GTP end, and he's got the leader with yeah, him. And it's a very, very busy pit lane, as we anticipated. Uh, the leader, the zero one, Cadillac comes. Uh, Sebastian Bordier looking like he's not getting out of the car. Uh, Tyres have gone on. We're now fueling. Just behind him on pit road is the number five Porsche. No driver change there as well. I look to my right. I've got the uh, the Maya Shank racing car just to my right. Again, no driver changes at, at this point, just fuel and tyres. Alexander Sims behind the wheel of the number 31. This was the first car off the pit lane when they did those initial stops. Let's see if they can jump everyone once again. First car rolling is the number 60 from Meyer Shank. But the first car back off the lane, yeah, it's the 60, the Acura with the best advantage here. Then the 7 Porsche and then the 31 Cadillac. So that's the GTP, the front end of the field. Ben Keating in, taking fuel, waiting for that to be completed. He did hold on the lead after that spin and pulled out uh, a little gap again to Stephen Thomas. Around about three seconds as they cross the line. And as he goes out, uh, let's see how that goes. Jared Andretti and Aaron Andretti Autosport, the 36, have jumped to the front of that of ahead of Ben Keating. Uh, Jared Andretti's a uh, P3 car, John. Don't worry, I just saw that getting out in front of Ben. So I think Ben was still out in front of Stephen Thomas. Yes, he was. So of those cars that pitted Ben still in the lead as the cleanup continues down at turn number 10. The full complement of machines. Now, Dennis Anderson still in that number 20 car? Difficult to see, but they are, they've lifted it straight up. The lights are still on on that car as the GT cars come in, uh, led by, well, presumably led by. Dorian Pan, she will have come in first no, of all. No, she wouldn't because she she made that uh, drive oh, she through effectively. She, she, ha she yeah, came she into the pits but drove straight through. So lost about five or six positions. That's got to share, Adam. So down in the pit lane, it is a driver change at Lexus for the number 14 car. And just a confirmation that... Uh, Dennis Anderson still is in the number 20 car. Joe Bradley is at Aston Martin Racing. Both cars in the 23 in the GTD Pro and also the 27 in the GTD. Um, uh, we've also got the 62 Ferrari in. Everything is... And now we've got an, a flurry of cars out off the apron and heading out. And I think the winner of that one was the WeatherTech Mercedes first out of this GT of this GTD pit stop phase. Huge number of cars going through, and the Porsche on the flatbed going down the front straight did ah probably was asked not to come into the pits because the pit lane was full. I don't know. The pit lane was open. That's a, that's an odd one as uh, that flatbed and the Porsche goes through. Uh, he can't get into the pits from the other end, so he's going to have to do a lap effectively now with that Porsche on board, isn't he? 
see if I can pick up the transponder for the six. And still the clear-up goes on. Considerable. And the concern will be for debris as well because the initial impact was a couple of hundred yards away from the corner. And, in fact, we've got the jet blower and the sweepers out there at the moment. So when this shakes out, I think we've got Louis Delatraz back in the lead, have we? It's going to be, he did not stop. He'd made his pit stop right before the caution period, so he was at the back of the train, uh, therefore stayed out and moved to the front of the train when everybody else makes their pit stops. So of everybody else, good stop there by uh, Meyer Shank Racing uh, to uh, get up into second position. The loser there, interestingly, was, uh, was Sebastian Bourdais, but of course uh, he needed a lot more energy than everybody else because that was his first stop of the race, everybody else, other than Louis Delatres, who made his stop previously, uh, had al already made a pit stop uh, e earlier in the race, so uh, well, they needed less. We'll give you a VP Racing in-race update in a moment after we've welcomed Nick Damon back to the pit leg. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just before I get here, you'll kind of ruin the race, don't you? It was a massive accident. Um, one of the cars involved, the 20, the high-class racing LMP2 car, was just finishing off uh, getting some service. Uh, it, they're currently now sweeping away two-thirds of the gravel trap, which it left as they, they cleaned out the innards of the car. But it did seem actually to be remarkably unscathed apart from that. So uh, a plus point for them. The 85 uh, Gilly Miller Motorsports, that's the P3 car, goes past me as well. And into the pits comes the P2 uh, number eight car that's had all those problems prior to this already. So uh, they are all rotating through now, but the uh, track still obviously needs to get uh, cleared away entirely. It's also a bit of... Uh restructuring of the line behind the safety car uh, Sheldon von der Linde is being asked to move ahead of Alexander Sims in the 31 so let, let's do a quick update this is how they should restart behind uh, once the uh, BMW X50M pulls off, Louis Delatraz leading for Conning and Manolta Acura in the black and blue number 10 from the white and pink number 60 Acura, Tom Blomqvist aboard that as he has been from the start, those are two starting drivers, as is Philippe Naza in third in the number seven Porsche, some of the black pinstripes and the black fin. Then it's Alexander Sims who's taken over the number 31 red and grey Cadillac, uh, but he's going to be asked to allow Sheldon von der Linde to go through in the BMW Team RLL hybrid that he's taken over from Conor de Filippi. So it's going to be 25 and 31, fourth and fifth. Then Sebastian Bourdais for Cadillac in the gold-fronted car. In fact, that change has just happened as they came across the line in front of us. And then it will be Mike Rockenfeller in the all-yellow JDC Miller Motorsports Porsche 963, the number five. He's been in since the start, too. Mark Wittman has taken over from Augusto Farfus in the number 24. He's in eighth. Jimmy Bruni has taken over the 59 Proton Competition Porsche. In LMP2, Ben Keating in the wins PR one Matheson's Motorsports uh, number 52 car ahead of TDS uh, number 11 Stephen Thomas those two both been in from the start in third Emmanuel Collard in 88 the AF Corsa LMP2 then John Falb he's also been in from the start for the TDS 35 car George Kurtz CrowdStrike Racing now I don't know if he managed to take his penalty before we got through that 
situation. Yes, he's been down the pit lane three times, so I would say probably yes. And topping out the top six in LMP2, Dwight Merriman for Aero Motorsport in the 18. In p 3 Cameron Shields leads for Performance Tech Motorsport in the 38. Ligier, then Andretti Autosport, and it is Jared Andretti in the number 36 car ahead of Bijoy Garg for Junior 3 Racing in third. In GTD Pro, Tony Garcia took the lead of the GTD Pro class just before the caution came out and with that slight misstep by the Iron Dames now is the best of the GTD cars he's got Gilles Gunon in the WeatherTech Racing number 75 AMG GT3 79 excuse me uh, in second place then it's the lead of the GTD field Russell Ward is taking over the black and pink Winwood Racing 57 ahead of Corey Lewis who replaced Madison Snow quite early on uh, in uh, the piece I think the first uh, the, maybe the second of the pit, uh, of the full course yellows actually Corey got into that car then it's the two Lexus, the pro car with Carl Kirkwood on board and Frankie Monte Calvo in the Am car, that's how they stand in the VP Racing Fuel in race update and some big movers there Jeremy, particularly in GTD yep particularly in GTD and those uh, those top uh, three cars that you talked about the number well actually not not not, not the Corvette Mac- but uh, the other cars behind that number 79 57 and 1 those cars had er- er- already made a stop earlier so this stop was considerably shorter that's what enabled them to uh, leapfrog their way forward as the Porsche comes back the pit lane Nick Tandy is there to help unload it so he's obviously been cleared let's hear from some of the drivers who started the race Jack Hawksworth champion with Joe Bradley right mate you've got two lads from the north of England now so you might need to translate Eindhoff uh, Jack um, that looked even more chaotic than we expected yeah I mean I, I don't know what to say the driving standards are so poor so poor like I mean, I'm going to speak the GT class but what was going on there in the first hour of the race was just so stupid it's a 10 hour race and you know there's going to be caution so I don't know what was going on um, yeah mad so I'm glad we're still in the fight and we still got the car and uh, all, all four corners on it and all dive planes and everything so happy with that and uh, yeah continue on but uh, I could not believe what <laughs> the driving and the people around me I, was, I didn't understand it but whatever but the end of it, it was like it was the end of the race or something crazy I know uh, championship in the bag you guys have got a simple mindset now you've got to win it yeah, mega. Obviously, super. Once we get to the end of the race, we'll, we'll thank. We'll be, you know, we'll talk about the championship and everything. But right now, we we got, we're full focus on this. And uh, yeah, uh, obviously, we're we're in the, we're in the hunt, and uh, we're just going to keep keep trucking and see what we can do. So that was quite a damning, quite a damning uh, comment from Jack Hawks with that, Nick Damon. Very quick one. The uh, the ninety two, which is the uh, the Kelly Moss. Uh, Swing Care Porsche um, it's been in three times in the last three laps first time it came in it came, it got down to its uh, pit box moved two metres to the right to say hello I'm here and then didn't stop and carry on going again second time it seemed to get a full pit stop including tyres just coming for a third time with some more fuel so uh, they seemed very very attached to the whole let's be in the pit part of things uh, who is in that car at the moment I wonder if what they are doing let me just Scroll down the timing screen. You said that was the... Which car did you say that was, Nick? The 92. Julian Andlau is in it now. I'm okay. not sure whether he may, may have got in it last lap. Right, OK. 
yeah I, I, that might be just that's why they brought it in for the the driver change just trying to get their uh, am drivers time up a little bit we're back to green flag racing eight and a half hours still to go he said eight and a half minutes there because that's what it sort of feels like and a much better restart than the start for Louis Delatraz and he's got Tom Blomqvist and Philippe Naza behind him at news of a penalty for the 62 Risi Competizione Ferrari working outside of the pit stop or of the pit box and that will be a drive through for Giuseppe Risi's team very unlike them and also more than an emergency service in a closed pit oh now this will be a long one this will be a very long one indeed and this is for the 35 LMP2 car of TDS Racing that's John Falb and his car so a moment or two ago down into 10 a, an attempted pass for the lead in GTD Pro from the number 79 of Jules Gunon ends up with him losing a couple of places and that means that Russell Ward has gone through to the second spot of all the GTDs he's leading the green number panel cars that's the GTD effectively pro-am category the pro class led by the Corvette at the moment so everybody with that sort of end of term feeling Jack Hawksworth said that he felt the driving standards early on was very well, very poor. Uh, stop plus 60 seconds, by the way, for the John Falb TTS racing car. They've come in straight away and too much fuel added to that car. Stop plus 60. You're only allowed five seconds of emergency service. They've got that car in and serving that penalty as quickly as possible just in case another yellow comes out I think that's fairly sensible you can't serve penalties under full course yellows pick up some of the battles on the on the track at the moment Russell Ward leads Corey Lewis in GTD they're just going down to the braking area at turn in and turn but turn 10a and b ahead of them is the battle for gtd pro and that accident that happened there relatively recently which set the wheels in motion for the last appearance of the safety car incident responsibility has been placed firmly at the feet of dennis anderson and that will be a stop plus 120 seconds for the car 20 wow now that's interesting because normally contact would be a drive through or a short stop and hold um, it is is that penalising the that's making a statement isn't it um, see I'm not sure I agree with that and yeah, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why and I'll tell you why. If it's incident responsibility, you, you penalise the act, not the consequences. Yeah. And because four cars were taken out, should it be any more penalty than if you took one car out? 
or yeah. if you tapped one car. Yeah, I I'm mean, look, sure. it's not as if he did it on purpose. Well, I mean, no, exactly. he didn't take out the guy. He made a mistake and, and should be penalised for it. Yeah. But is that any different, for, as you suggested there, to any other mistake? If that you gets bumps, a, that if gets you bump someone from yeah. behind yeah. and and take the place on a bump and run, yeah. I'm not sure. Anyhow, it, it, it was a it was a bad mistake that. Uh, has ruined the race for one of the championship contenders, that's for sure. Isn't that true? Pit, pit lane speed mm. violation is a little easier. That's an absolute drive-through penalty for the AF Corsa number 88, Orica. Well, I'm not saying it shouldn't be a penalty, by the no, way. I think you've got to, got to make a statement. Um, and, and that is a very big statement to make. What we now... you know, if This is like a referee in a football match now. We've got eight hours and 22 minutes to go. And... Is other contact going to be penalised in the same way? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the uh, everybody knew coming here is going to be uh, tight out there. You know, it's going to be. A, it, we've heard all sorts of descriptions of how treacherous it, it is out oh, yeah. there with with so many cars on the racetrack. So it's been drummed into drivers at all the various meetings and the team managers' meetings. You, you just got to got to take care and the drivers have done all the way through the practice sessions we've seen remarkably few incidents or at least incidents that have had consequences uh, there's been various sort of comings together and very 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 near misses but um, you know, in the early stages of this race we've already had a couple of incidents that probably could have been avoided some great racing going on here oh. in GTD so we've now got another penalty. This is for Paul Miller Racing as there's a little bit of rubbing. Ooh. Three wide underneath the Fox Factory 120 bridge and almost a huge incident there as the Lamborghini was leaning on the Aston Martin. My goodness me. Now, how's that going to be looked at? That was uh, the Forte Patrick Liddy-driven car with uh, Marco Sorensen and right in there as well I think was Patrick Gallagher for Turner Motorsport yes he was and that was coming three wide under the Fox Factory Bridge nobody wanted to give way and that was extremely dangerous now it hasn't resulted in anybody going off the track we're also hearing, by the way, as I said, a penalty for the number one BMW from Paul Miller Racing uh, failed to meet the minimal, minimum full refuelling time. That will be a drive-through. I'm glad I put no penalties on Porsche keys to the race. Um, yeah. There's barely anybody who hasn't been penalised yet. We still to get to the darkness. That's when it's going to count. Tyres have not been an issue yet, but then again, we've not had a full stint of green flag running in terms of tyres. And we're still a little ways away from the Michelin Endurance Cup first points. So back timing to that with all these yellow flags might be a little bit interesting. GTT battle, absolutely superb as one would expect the leaders coming through it at the moment Louis Delatraz by half a second at the line but he's taken a decent bit of gap from Tom Blomqvist as he's got the better of the traffic that's been brilliant driving from Delatraz 
water last few years Louis Delatraz has had really put himself front and centre as far as prototype driving is concerned did some P2 work as well which caught the eye of a number of people and rewarded with this accurate drive with Cunningham and Alter. Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Global Tom Blomqvist trying to get back to him and Felipe Nasa sniffing the opportunity there in the number 7 car still in with the chance of the championship that number 7 car, the 6 was the best better placed of the two Porsche Penske Motorsports and here's the run down to turn 1 as Nasa goes to the outside, he'll cut back and go up the hill, try and get alongside Tom Blomqvist before the, the braking area for turn 2, can't manage that more traffic and Blomqvist goes past the Faf Porsche in the first part of the S's Nasa can't get by so Sheldon von der Linder is right there in the BMW now traffic gives, traffic takes away and the flashing of the headlights from Sheldon van der Linder I'm sure absolutely appreciated by Felipe Nasa in the GTP car he's trying to pass <laughs> Always works, that doesn't Always. it? Always. Oh, yeah, hang on, I'll just pull over and wave you by. <laughs> Fastest lap last time around by George Kurtz, who's yeah. now back up to second position ahead of Stephen Thomas. Yeah. And uh, there's just eight seconds between the top three all championship contenders, uh, or at least all contenders for that Le Mans spot in Ben Keating, George Kurtz, and Stephen Thomas. Yeah, tied for that uh, Jim Truman Award coming into this weekend. Uh, George Kurtz has just overtaken Stephen Thomas uh, just a lap or so ago, and as you say, just turned his best lap having done so. But uh, Ben Keating had a little bit of traffic on that uh, last lap, but the gap was nine seconds on the previous lap, so he reduced it by a couple on that lap. Did George Kurtz? getting close a little bit to Ben Keating but okay. Stephen Thomas now but again down to third place uh, down in the paddock uh, with the, uh, the well the remains of the McLaren with the teammate to Brendan Arebe uh, the exception McLaren it's Freddie Sheldon Freddie um, a lot of damage for being completely innocent in that, in that incident yeah really unfortunate but I'm just super glad that uh, Brendan is alright I mean we're all pa super passionate about racing but I mean first of all we're just really glad to see everybody could walk away from this uh, it's not nice to see watching these big crashes happening. Did you see it as a racing incident? No real blame to anyone? I mean, the, the problem is just the P2 in the front just squeezed the, the GT car a bit in, the, in front of Brandon. Uh, and it's just a problem when there's such a big high speed difference um, and when the actual GT cars can actually break super late compared to the LMPs, but he was just not aware that there was still a GT car on the, on the right-hand side and then he just squeezed him off so and then the GT car was just uh, a passenger then he hit Brandon and and also the Porsche GTP so it's just really unfortunate that like that people like that have to retire from this cool event here so we really wanted to to win this one uh, it just means that we have to come back next year and hopefully do that. Thank you, Freddie. Freddie Shandoff there, the separation number seven. Just so you know, uh, it is uh, three corners damaged and a couple of those corners really badly damaged. I take it apart, but this is a, um, yeah, the chassis is okay, but anything else that sticks in the chassis, not so much. Thank you, Nick. Frederick Shandoff there. Uh, and here's a, an interesting point on that penalty um, from the rain line. At Imsa Radio, totally fine with it. It wasn't for position, it wasn't within the same class. And it wasn't necessary. Plenty of room for him to carry on in a straight line. Horrible racecraft, worthy of the penalty. Don't disagree with that at all, rain line. Um, 
But that was a stop in 120 seconds. Write that down and let's see what other penalties get handed out during the race to see if it's consistent. That's, that's all I'm saying. Uh, he hit one car, it had big consequences. So the next time somebody gets hit, will they get a drive-through, will they get a stop at 10, or will they get the same penalty, a stop at 120 seconds? And that, that is my only point for that. Unless you're giving out extra seconds for how many cars you take out, that means that you're penalising the consequence and not the action. As into the pit lane comes Corey Lewis to serve the drive-through for Paul Miller Racing. And this was sh uh, short-filling the car or short-fuel time for the car for what should have been a uh, fuel, full-fuel stop. And so um, that will well, it push it down. Yeah, it wouldn't have been a full-fuel stop because they'd already stopped earlier on, hadn't they? So I think that's what they may have been talking about, to be honest, uh, Jeremy, because that car didn't come in straight away after the yellow. So... I think they may have been putting their case to race control there. Yeah, but uh, it, it's not you, you, at each stop. It's not the. the, the, the I mean, all the all the pit stops for all the cars are supposed to take forty seconds. I think it is nowadays uh, to 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 refill the cars from empty. Uh, but that is prorated, so to speak. So if you if you're only going half a, half a tank of fuel, it should take twenty seconds. Uh, so if it was a little bit less than that, um, then uh, yeah, that's why the penalty would have been assessed. Nick Damon and Joe Bradley in the pit lane. As we have completed another 15 minutes of racing. Eight hours and 13 and a half minutes to go. The traffic is still... I mean, the concentration that must be required here is yeah. outstanding. Uh, be there in the dark. That was our another Porsche keys to the race. Sunset is five past seven. Official dark starts at 7.30 the big news, one of the title contenders in GTP is out of the race at the moment, the car is back behind the wall, Nick Tandy was at the wheel, our Nick Damon is with him at Porsche Penske Motorsport at their trailer Oh, Nick, Nick, Nick I'm, I, I, well, I suppose it rhymes with Nick, it's sick isn't it I suppose, that's all you can say Yeah, I I, 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 saw, I saw a replay as I was sitting there trying to get, get us out, out of the gravel, but uh, yeah, wrong place, wrong time. You know. it, it's interesting, a well-known driver who is actually a, a multiple winner of this event and is Scottish and quite short, has said there's no such thing as luck in motorsport. Well, that was just bad luck in motorsport, wasn't it? It, it was, yeah. You know, just another five mil from the side of the P2 to touch in the GT. and Or if I was a tenth behind or a tenth in front, they wouldn't have caught the, the rear. But, <laughs> yeah, what can we say? Um, quick question: what, what, Are you okay? I mean, obviously you're feeling absolutely gutted, but are you actually physically okay? Because they did ask you to get out of the car. We wonder why they asked you to get out. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. So I'm fine. The car, the car I drive. Uh, we have a, an, a, a medical light that goes off in the car if, if it triggers, um, you know, a warning situation, which didn't go off. Um, the hybrid system was safe, so I'm, I'm you know, I was trying to um, get the car pulled out onto the grass so I could bring it back to pit lane. Um, but yeah, you know there was there was a lot going on. The cars stuck in the two cars together, so I understand um, the, the track worker situation. Um, they're obviously there to make sure we're safe and everyone else on the track is safe first and foremost. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's in the 
it's in the tent now, full of gravel. They're, it's repairable. Um, you know, whether it's worth doing anything, I don't know, but... Shame. Well, desperate, desperate bad luck. Genuinely, everyone, we all feel for you. Everyone listens, listening feels for you. It's just one of those, one of those things that makes you love and hate endurance racing. Well, exactly. It's, it's part of racing. You know, you, you get good days, you get bad days. It makes it bitter. That, you know, we should have come here and won a championship by starting the race, effectively, if things had gone different in other situations. But we gave it our best shot, and that's all we can do, really. Uh, Nick, thanks for talking to us. Thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Uh, a very, very understanding, disappointed man. And uh, they are working feverishly. I suppose they'll make a decision about where to put the car back on the track again, but they are going to repair it enough. Uh, it is all, I suppose, down to that loss of the win at Watkins Glen for a slightly worn-out plank, which was not of a performance advantage, but, of course, break the rules, John. The number 23, Heart of Racing, Aston Martin, is still out on track, and the driver that will take over that car is David Pittard. I'm with David now. David, I've just... Seeing you do some stretching and stuff, and I just wanted to ask you, you're about to get behind the wheel of that Aston Martin, so what is the preparation process that you're going through right now? Yeah, it's a funny thing. Everyone always says, oh, you just sat down driving a car, pushing some pedals, but the intensity out there, especially on a, uh, an event like Petit Le Mans, 52 cars out on track uh, with such huge speed differentials out there, you've got to be on it on top form. And in IMSA, there's no... You can't ease yourself in for a couple of laps on such a short lap either. You've got to be on it from as soon as you drop the clutch, basically. So for me, it's about just being raising my pulse a little bit. That gets the adrenaline going. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, I can nail my marks as soon as I uh, leave, the do- leave the box and f- to return to the box. Thanks, David. I'll leave you to downward dog. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong all these years. I always try and get me breathing down and get me pulse rate down before I get in the car. I should be jumping around and drinking a cup of coffee. Thank you very much. Battle for the lead on the back straight. Coming through GTD traffic. I suspect we'll be saying that quite a few times in the next eight hours and nine minutes. Louis Delatraz side by side. Whoa. And the touch there from the number one machine. And that is Corey Lewis into the wall. And that was in contact with the number 60 Sirius XM Auto Nation Acura as they were battling for the lead. Oh, my goodness me. Tom Blomqvist straight into the pit lane. Now, how's that going to be seen by race control? Faster cars coming through battling GTs. It is the responsibility of the faster car to find a way through without affecting the other cars. A stop plus 120 seconds is the benchmark that's been set for putting people off track. Joe Bradley. Well, Tom Blomqvist has uh, already made it to his pit apron. He's uh, taking on tyres and fuel. He's not getting out of the car, and there's... I'm on the right-hand side of the car. Can't speak for the left-hand side of the car. You guys might be able to uh, shed some light on that. That's probably where the damage is. I'm trapped behind the tyre mechanics now. Um, He's dropping down the order that we can't see. The fueling is done. The car is staying stationary, and the rear deck is coming off. And, Joe, we have a full-course yellow for that number one BMW in the barriers just before the Fox Factory Bridge. Um... Well, look, I think the damage 
is on the left rear. So the leader had gone through and... Okay, so that's interesting because I think that was the GT car running into the back yeah. of the prototype. And that's not normally what happens here. Um, and that's what got Blomqvist squirrely. And then as the car came back the other way, in fact, they got blocked by... Who was that? Was that the number 20 again? Yes, it was. Yeah. It's the number 20 high-class racing car that was in front of Tom Blancvist, which made him check up. That's fine, because he's passing as well. So the leader gets through. Then it's side-by-side, side, Blancvist and the 20 car. Blancvist gets clipped from the rear, and the high-class car is the car that slowed Blancvist down. But I don't see that that was anything wrong there. He was just taking his line. And then the BMW... Ran, ran into the back of the number 60. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it was Corey Lewis that was in that car. Yes, it was. Uh, and that pushed the car sideways, which then ran into him that banged him into the tyre wall. Joe Bradley, uh, how's the damage control exercise coming, or the damage assessment exercise coming on down at Myshank Racing? Well, I think it's bigger than they anticipated. Uh, Tom brought the car in, as I said, he sat there in the car for quite a while. He's now gotten out. Um, he's handed the car over to, uh, I think it's Helio, Helio Castro Neves. Um, he's tweaked some, he's, uh, he's tweaked a track control bar at the rear of the car. That's the bar, the piece of suspension that controls the toe in and toe out of the rear wheel and that's kind of standard practice when you you have a sideways impact on the rear end that's the first thing that really tweaks and that's exactly what's happened here Nick Damon is also in the pit lane. I am. I'm back, and I just uh, hopped up from the wall. Very convenient now. Inception Racing aren't there anymore, so it's a lovely open slot with a nice uh, ladder up to stand on the wall and watch the cars coming in. And the first car I saw coming just two pits down, which is the 04, the CrowdStrike LMP2 car. George Kurtz at the wheel. Uh, they came in. Now, I think they may have beaten the, uh, the yellow flag, because they certainly came in and took a complete full tank of fuel. No tyres. Clean up fuel tank of fuel back out again. So that could be a, a very good way of them moving right up the field. Uh, to the front of P2. Uh, he was slightly behind it. Full course yellow was called by race control at 33 minutes and 20 seconds past the hour. And George Kurtz came in at 33 minutes and 21 past the hour. Now, if he was at the commit line, that's fine. Um, that will be being looked at. If he'd already got to the commit line, because obviously as the pits close... Uh, Marcus Sorensen entered a close pits, but I think he just drove straight through. So we'll have to wait from race control. Number nine to work and that. seventy-nine also came in. Uh, I think trying to beat the yellow. Uh, Don't know whether they made it or not. Well, I can tell you that. Seventy-nine, and nine. 79 would have been Jill Goonon, and Kevin Estra was in the Porsche number uh, nine. Yep. Uh, race control called full course yellow 33-20 Gunon was in before that and so was Kevin Estre so they're fine George Kurtz right on the bubble Joe Bradley yeah job done and Helio Castroneves rejoins the race uh, very very quick job it was just the the, the tolling the, the, the bar that's basically just two bolts so very very speedy work from MSR Racing not the end to the championship season Another championship winning season for 
Paul Miller Racing that they wanted Jeremy came here with the championship with the uh, championship under their belts and that car's going to have to get some remedial work I'm afraid for Paul Miller Right, so we're down to eight cars on the lead lap now then, with that number 60 car finally leaving the pit lane. Elia Castro never's aboard that car now, but uh, it'll be, um, I think, two laps down. Yeah. Plenty of time to make up that, that ground. Let's go to Tom Blomqvist and see what he's seeing as the GTP cars come in, Nick... And the rest of us will watch that as Tom talks to Joe Bradley. Explain what happened there. Very crowded track. We can all see that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's obviously there's so many cars, 50 odd. Um, yeah, I got a little tap from behind. Uh, you know, it was all carnage there with the traffic. I was trying to, you know, drive back past the P2 guy. I think one of the GTs hit me on behind, um, which gave me a... You know, a big tank slapper, and then I think he tried to go left, and the car, you know, when I was correcting the car, he hit my hit my back again and bent the rear left tow rod. So, yeah, we had to come in and change that. Um, guys did a good job, but I think we only lost two laps, so, uh, you know, it's not over yet. Cracking job. I mean, give us an idea. I mean, it's, it's weird past the Ormond Top sports car days. These GTP close-top cars, your vision is very impaired. As, as what? Your vision, very impaired in these cars. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, kind of, but um, I think that was just, uh, you know, obviously you're trying to look forward and look back. Um, you know, I think it was a bit of a, you know, the BMW or whoever it was, obviously didn't expect me to go where I was going to go. I mean, we were at super slow speed. Um, and then that first contact that I had from him, you know, got me sideways and then, you know, collected, collected. We hit each other again, and I think that's what broke my car. And obviously, uh, I don't know what happened to him, but, yeah. Thank you, Joe. Incident at pit out has caused some significant damage to the 31 Whelan Cadillac. Left rear damage there. There was a BMW involved there as well. I think the red light was on at the end of pit lane. And that's uh, the it confused what was going on. Yeah. Oh, and they ran through it. So the 31 ran through it and then realised it had to stop. And the BMW was driving through it and didn't stop at all. It was the number 25 BMW uh, with uh, Alexander Sims in the 31. Sims had run the red light anyway. He was over the line. But then he was obviously being shouted at to stop. He's the last pit... Uh, stall there and he was trying to get out ahead of the number 25 BMW of Sheldon von der Linde they clearly were saying to him stop 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 he ran the red light the red lights behind him and then um, van der Linde did, was never going to stop and drove straight into the back of him so it could be double penalties here more, te more penalties than a European Cup final here this weekend already in comes the G. T 
Field and Sir Joe Bradley and Nick Damon have the latest. Here's Joe. I've got the number three Corvette and also just gone by me is the number 14 Lexus. Corvette though, they're changing driver. So tyres, fresh set of Michelin's going on, fueling going on. And now the new driver being put in that car down to the number 14. Uh, which is blocked by the number 12. So very busy as we expect. And, uh, that's a beautiful soundbite of a Corvette there. <laughs> uh, well, at this end, we've had um, a lot of cars coming in, mostly doing full service. A couple of fuel and the 47 Settler uh, Ferrari is, doing, is, is just done fuel. There's been a problem with the, the 97 BMW, the... Uh, Macintosh car that had a kind of they, it was ready to go and they stopped and had a bit of a conversation about it. So whether they did, had a slight issue, it was running, just didn't go anywhere. Which was a bit surprising. The red Ferrari had the um, the recent Ferrari actually held up the Settler Ferrari for a while. But on the whole, it's quite obvious that, that we already have a situation where the GTDs aren't on the same strategies because we had some doing tyres, some doing fuel, uh, and I didn't see actually um, didn't see many driver changes. So uh, we're obviously not on that rotation just yet. Well, we've just uh, had two hours of racing uh, behind the BMW safety car again. So it is Cadillac racing that leads. No, it's not, because I have to scroll back up to the top of the screen. Uh, more mouse action required there. Alexander Sims with Wheel and Engineering leads uh, in this 31 car, uh, but that car is damaged. And I expect to see that car come back into the pit lane. It needs a new rear deck. Um, so he pulls out. Alex pulled out of his pits. He's desperate to beat Sheldon von der Linde. He runs through the red light, realises he's done so or is told so, jams on the brakes. Sheldon van der Linde wasn't stopping either, so he's run the red light as well. So they're both going to get a penalty for running the red light, and then you're going to have to give Sheldon van der Linde a penalty for running into the back of the, the 31 car. Oh, dear, oh, dear. These are professional race drivers, ladies and gentlemen. Joe Bradley, you've got uh, Alexander Sims coming back down towards you. Yeah, Alex Sims has already made it round to the pits. In that wheel and liveried Cadillac comes to a, a halt. Let's have a good look at, oh yeah, the, the left-hand rear corner uh, completely demolished. That'll be a rear deck. Um, I'm not sure whether that's tweaked the suspension that we've uh, we've witnessed before. Certainly the, the MSR Acura had been tweaked, but this is a rear... A rear knock, four new tyres going on. The deck's still there. They'll put the tyres on first. Now they'll now they concentrate on the rear deck coming off. So we've got the T-bar that's uh, into action. That's basically a, a quick release device. Off comes the rear wing. So it's not the engine cover part I'm talking about. It's the actual rear deck part, which has the diffuser uh, on the bottom of it and the, re and, the t and the rear wing on the top. Kicked into place quite agriculturally actually not quite seating right they're not happy with it now when it is seated right they put the t-bar back into action and it's basically a 90 degree turn or a 180 degree turn from that very very quick release they're happy with the suspension this car's about to go back onto the track it's off the jacks and it's away so that that's all it was just a rear deck damage uh, modular design on the back there. This time yeah. the light is green. Alexander Sims goes out. Meanwhile at Porsche, Penske Motorsport in the paddock. The floor is coming off the Nick Tandy 
number 6963 and a small beach of gravel uh, from under there as well. They were looking at the right front suspension as well on that car. That car came into the championship as the better placed of the two Porsche Penske Motorsports machines as far as the championship was concerned. That is down and out now. I'm sure if they can't get it back, they will because they'll want the miles under the Michelin tyres. Uh, as into the pit lane comes the 25. The leader. This is the car which scored as the leader. This is Shelton von der Linde. And this is the car that ran into the back of Alexander Sims as the prototype clash split is going on. Let's go to Nick Damon for an interview. Where are you, Nick? I'm with the 96 tenner BMW and it's uh, Patrick Gallagher has just got out of it. Patrick, I've only got one question to ask you. Just how crazy is it out there? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly crazy when the prototypes are coming through. I mean... I'm kind of surprised at how many GTD guys are just bouncing off of each other this early into the race. But, uh, you know, I don't know why I'm shocked it's been like that all year. So, uh, yeah, guys at Turner Motorsports have our uh, BMW M4 uh, rolling good. We'll see if we can't get a good result for Liquamali and Bellhaven today. Obviously a long way to go. And we're just plugging away, waiting for the nighttime, and uh, hopefully we'll get to the front. Is it, do you think there's more pressure on some of these drivers because it's one of the Blue Ribbon races, one of the big races of the year? Yeah, I think so. I mean, once you get into the rhythm of the race, no, you're just doing your thing. But certainly that first hour, everyone's been re ready to go all week. And uh, at a track like this where it's real narrow and fast and you got, you know, so many cars out there, I do think, you know, it kind of calms down after that first stint and people settle into a groove. But, uh, you know, good thing for the fans' sake sitting out there with, with probably four hours to go, it'll ramp right back up. Has the constant yellows been a problem? People haven't been able to get into a rhythm because it's been constant stop and go. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't in the car very long. I, I think I did half a tank there, and then I uh, got fully in, and I'll get back in after that. But, uh, yeah, it's tough to get into a rhythm in a way, but that's just the nature of this place, and you're going to have yellows with this many cars here. And, uh, you know, you got to be ready to rip at any moment. It's really no different. Is, is there an issue? This is, suddenly today, after a very overcast week and rain as well, we've got glorious sunshine. I mean, is this putting cars out of their windows? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I think everyone's set up for the night regardless, so maybe it puts them a little bit out of the window during the day, but, um, you know, everyone up and down the pit lane is obviously setting up for the nighttime finish, so uh, maybe a little bit, but our car was, was pretty good, and we'll see where we end up. Thanks, Pat. Yep. Very good point. Uh, Joe Bradley? Yeah, the 25, the BMW has been in, uh, the, uh, the matching pair, uh, uh, so to speak, and it's just the front section that was replaced. You know what? They're very, very robust front ends on these BMWs. Uh, there was barely any, barely a scratch. There was a scratch, of course, and they've changed it. They'll go in and inspect it to see if there's any of the, the dive planes missing. There didn't seem to be any, but you can never be sure. And it, it was a matter of, you know, two bolts, again, T-bar, two of them off, on with the new one, and it's back out. Joe Nick in the pit lane. Well, Jeremy, we had a tight uh, championship in GTP. That's, uh, by my count, it's not uh, massive arithmetic or quadratic equations. I reckon uh, we're down a couple of major contenders there. Yeah, I mean, one certainly uh, is pretty much out of the reckoning. I'll let me number six car, the... Uh, problems then also for the number 31 car that came into the weekend went to the week leading the points uh, currently second in the points table because of the pole position for number 10 car yesterday that earned him 35 championship points uh, to the where did the wheel engineer car qualified eighth didn't it so they leapfrogged ahead 
of no, the number 10 car leapfrogged ahead, number 31 car in the points table coming into the race. But yeah, at least the 31 car is still uh, in there uh, at uh, on the lead lap, no problems there. Just uh, particularly galling well, having coming out come out in the lead there. Yeah, what do you make of that? I mean, there's a mistake by Sims to yeah. start with because he runs the red light. Yeah. He then tries to to stop the car, pulls the car up, and then Van der Linde also running the red light smacks straight into the back. Yeah, pretty unfortunate um, that neither of them was paying attention to the red light. Um, and but for for Alexander Sims, look, he, he's already gone past the red light, so. Mm. I guess with the benefit of hindsight, I'm sure he wishes he'd, he'd got a bit further up the track and then pulled out of the way in case anybody else was doing the same thing. But look, you know, in the heat of the moment, you just you realise you made a mistake, you're going to get on the brakes. Uh, unfortunately, the guy behind him had, had, made, had made the same mistake. Don't, well, I mean, yeah, just really unfortunate. Not sure that you can really blame van der Linde for heating the number 31 car, but you can blame him <laughs> for, for running, running the, the red, red light. light. Yes. Yikes. So Work really, that really one out, race control. Yeah, have fun, have fun with that Get the coffee one. pot on up there. <laughs> You're going to be busy so, again. So, as a result of all that, guess who's back in the lead? The, the, the car that led uh, in the early stages, number 01 Cadillac, uh, still with Sebastian Bourdais at the wheel. Uh, he's, he's remaining aboard that car. He's done over two hours now already uh, and will be out front again uh, for the restart. So, we've had... Uh, we've had now four different cars leading the race, the 01, the 10, and then the 31 and the 25 very briefly. Yes. Um, before they came in to, to uh, have some remedial damage after that little incident in the pit lane. Uh, so the sixth change of lead sees Sebastian Bourdais and that Cadillac racing number 01 car back out in front. 23 laps has been led by the BMW uh, X50M safety car uh, since the green flag, that is. You see they did a couple more before that. For over one hour uh, of the just over two hours that mm. we've had so far. Now, it's not great. Uh, it's not a great advertisement, really, uh, at the moment. True. And a lot of that has been, or some of that, has been through contact car to car, where we saw some incidents and even some red flags during practice and qualifying in the early part of the week, that tend to be driver mistakes in difficult conditions. Uh, we've seen much more car-to-car -car contact uh, in the start of this race. You're listening to IMSA Radio around the circuit on 91... Uh, excuse me, on uh, 98.1 Road Atlanta FM around oh. the world on RS2 and here in the US on XM207, as well as on the World Feed TV. And the, uh, when all the other leaders came into the pits in GTP, the number 60 car was able to stay out and get one of its laps back. So Lucas Geneva's now in car number 60 is just one lap down to the leaders. And having been behind all the LMP2 cars, he's now ahead of them all. Right. So uh, that's really good news for Meyer Shank Racing uh, after that uh, little drama a few, a few, you know, just a little while ago that cost it two laps, but now just one lap down. Uh, and with plenty of time to have opportunities to make up what? that one lost lap. We're going to go back green in a second, Jeremy, just talking about championship contenders that are out. Paul Miller Racing, of course, have won a championship, but they were in for other ones, and that's going to put dent in their championship aspirations as well in this race. Yeah, true. Uh, in the GT category. The BMW safety car 
rolls to a stop right in front of us so that we can get a really good look at the 22-inch rims that it rides on. Here comes Sebastian Bourdais. Goes across the start-finish line to take the green flag and has pulled out a decent margin to Marco Wittmann, who is the BMW driver in second place. Third now, Mike Rockenfeller for JDC Miller Motorsports in the Porsche, ahead of Matt Campbell in the remaining Porsche Penske Motorsport number seven, still with a chance of the championship, that car. Then Ricky Taylor in the Koninka Minolta Acura, Paul sitting car, Jimmy Bruni for Protons Porsche, the WeatherTech car in the 59, and then Alexander Sims for Wheel and Engineering, with, a, I'm sure, a penalty coming uh, in a moment. A uh, couple of fueling penalties that have been assessed. That is the AWA number 13, Ori Fadani. And that then takes the second place LMP2 car down the pit lane. Plus the number 38, Brian Thienis, Performance Tech Motorsport car. Same quest, same uh, answer for that one. So that's uh, the fourth place car. Heavens above. Uh, 31. Uh, number 31, wheel and car, number 25 BMW, and the 36 car running the red light at pink exit. That's a stop and 60 for those cars. Wow. So that is, uh, that is more than a, a lap. Yeah. And also for... What was the third one there? It was the number 36 car. So that's Jared Andretti's car. So that's another... So second, third... Did I say... Sorry, third... Third and... F third, fourth and fifth, I think, in uh, LMP3 have all got penalties of one sort or another. And the... 27 car more than an emergency service in a closed pit and that's a stop in 60 we're not going to have enough room in this in this in the penalty box already the two gtp cars have come in to be joined by the aston martin of heart of racing so the three three cars parked up in the penalty box um We've actually got the wheel and engineering Cadillac is parked, I think, in its own box rather than the penalty box. And then everybody else has lined up behind it. So if either of the Lexus, uh, the uh, Vassar Sullivan Lexus come in, they are not going to have anywhere to park. That is very, very tight at the end of pit lane. That's, uh, now another penalty, uh, this for the number eight... 88 car, the AF Corsa LMP2. This is the Francois Perodo, Mathieu Vaxvier, and Emmanuel Collard car. Spinning the wheels whilst on the jacks. That's just a drive through, though, so we don't have to add them to the car park at the end of pit lane. Let's get Good back grief. to some, Shall we get back to some racing? Uh, yeah. I feel like I'm doing a bingo card of penalties at the moment. If someone hasn't got a line or all four corners at the moment, I'll be very surprised. It's like the meat raffle down at the uh, down at the local working men's club. Sebastian Bordet leading. Lucas in second position. Mike Rockefeller has cool uh, just gone through. 
And Matt Campbell is in third ahead of Marco Wittmann. So Wittmann's lost a couple of places there. As when we restarted, Marco was in second place ahead of the two Porsches. Yeah. Alex Quinn goes through in eighth position overall as the best LMP2 car. A lap off the lead, but that's a 13-9 for the LMP2. They slowed down LMP2 a few years ago, so that's a decent lap time from Alex. Yeah, so he's just taken over from Ben Keating uh, and has regained the lead from George Kurtz, who stayed at the wheel, I think, of number 04 car. Yes, he did the APR, CrowdStrike by APR entry. So Alex Quinn, the youngster there, has moved in, back into the lead at number 52, Piawa Matheson Motorsports car. But now, all of a sudden, we've only got six... GTP cars are on the lead lap because uh, the other, the number 31 and 25 are finally underway again but are a full lap down to the rest of the GTP leaders. So now another penalty for the BMW number 25 just serving its penalty in fact it's just served its penalty at the BMW for running the red light and has got the instant responsibility for the contact with the 31. Yeah. So that'll come down. That's just a drive-through and a warning for another car there. That was, I think, the number 78 Forte US Racetronics. So that was instant responsibility. Uh warning just a warning there to say i can't i haven't been keeping as much of a note as i should have of all these penalties it's probably a good job i would have run out of paper so just to recap alexander sims out of the pits from that last pit stop was in the lead ran the red light realized it stopped slammed on the brakes uh, it was sheldon from the linda also ran the red light didn't slam on the brakes quite as quickly and therefore ran into the back of the Number 31, Whelan Cadillac. Yeah. A comedy of errors. Just play the Benny Hill music and uh, <laughs> that'll get on the show reel at the end of the season. Just goes to prove what stresses and strains and pressures these pro drivers are under in these big races. They are racing for championships. They are potentially always racing for their, their careers, particularly as works drivers. It's all on the line. Another spin for the high-class racing number 20. With That's coming out of turn seven, I think. And that car just reversing back to the wall. It's been an incident-packed. Dennis Anderson. Still Dennis, is it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's already had two minutes parked in the uh, penalty box. So he's probably read a chapter of whatever book he's... Uh, going through at the moment gets first gear and carefully without spinning the Michelins too much gets back out so he's looped it coming out of turn 7 uh, the car looking a little less than pristine now that red white machine and uh, honour restored for the Penske uh, Porsche uh, factory team because uh, Matt, Maddie Campbell has managed to find a way past Rock, Mike Rockefeller so up into second position now for Matt Campbell uh, but uh, and right behind Sebastian Boudet as they complete their 87th lap. Those three leaders are uh, pretty much nose to tail. Short gap back to Marco Wittmann 
in fourth position. He's got Ricky Taylor hot on his heels. I mean, finally taken over from uh, Louis Delatras, who drove a tremendous opening stint. And then Jimmy Bruni uh, is in the uh, sixth position, as we see Sheldon... Is that Sheldon? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the drive-through yeah, for, for, yeah. uh, for running into the back of Alexander Sims as they both ran the red light at the end of pit lane. Uh, Shea Adam back in the pit lane and has taken over from Joe Bradley, I believe. So it's Nick and Shea in the pit lane at the moment. Not sure how they managed to get the radio mic pack belt in between those two. That was a... That was a bit like having the driver change from Pat Long to York Bergmeister, wasn't it? <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, put, put that to one side for the moment. Uh, bobbing, weaving into turn one, and Matt Campbell goes for the lead, gets the right rear Michelin on the grass and goes through into the lead. And a Porsche leads Petit Le Mans. And it's Matt Campbell in the number seven Porsche Penske Motorsport car. Picked his way through the traffic. Mike Rockenfeller following him through and beginning to pressure Sebastian Bourdais. Mike Rockenfeller announced as a Ford performance driver in GT3 next year with Harry Tinknell in the GTD Pro category here in IMSA. And a long chat with Mike earlier in the week, actually, at a Porsche event and uh, thoroughly enjoying being back involved. He's done some test and development, of course, for the Hendrick NASCAR to Le Mans programme. Uh, let's go down to Sheer Adam. Uh, down at Paul Miller Racing, it's not been a good 40 minutes or so for the car that wears the number one on the side, Sheer. No, and the good news is they are still the 2023 GTD champions. But, Brian, there's work going on in the background. This is Team Never Quit. Yeah, I mean, I think these guys refuse to quit. Um, it's a shame that we have to be in this position right now. You know, I felt like we were having a pretty good race. Obviously, it's very early. Obviously, a lot of things can happen. But, uh, you know, we we're in the lead. I think, unfortunately, had a pit stop infraction, had a drive through. But that definitely wouldn't have taken, out of the, taken us out of this race. This, unfortunately, does, you know. I think when you look at the race so far, it's um, unfortunate what we've seen. You know, we've seen a lot of yellow flags. Um, I would say not the highest of driving standards. And I think that that's disappointing. It's disappointing because we're a professional series that's supposed to put on professional racing, and it doesn't look like that right now. Um, you know, the worst, part of, uh, the worst part of this whole thing is sitting here watching the guys fix the car and not being out there. So... Um, I feel so bad for them. You know, today was their kind of day to shine and to, to enjoy it and to embrace it. And instead, we're stuck in the garage repairing it. So um, I'm super hopeful that uh, we'll be able to get back out and at least run some more laps and finish the race because I know that's what the fans came for is to watch a bunch of cars go around. So um, fingers crossed they get things back together. You guys took Madison car, Madison out of the car very early on, about 40 minutes into the race, and put Corey in. What was the thinking behind that? Well, I mean, it was a strategic move for us. Um, it's so early in the race, and we were still in the 
running for the endurance championship. So with undercutting early, it kind of backed, timed us to the four-hour mark. So as soon as that yellow came, it gave us the opportunity to do that. Um, and then it actually worked out even more to our favor because as the second yellow came, um, we were much more full on fuel than the rest of the field. So then not only were we able to kind of like fill into our window, but we were also able to jump to the front just behind the 57 car. So uh, things were working um, according to plan. And it's something we had talked about from the very beginning. Uh, the only kind of bullet we had left in the gun here was the endurance championship. And, uh, you know, we wanted it pretty badly and we were going to do anything we could to get there. So that was the risk there. Looks like the record of five wins is where it's going to stand on the season. Thanks, Brian. Now, uh, Nick is down with another car that looked very strong earlier on. That's the Iron Dames Lamborghini. Yeah, the car which, which led the uh, the whole of the GTD class, both, both normal and pro, uh, early on, has come into the pit lane. Looked pretty normal. They came in, they took a full slug of fuel, they changed all the tyres. Um, no driver change, but then a problem on the rear right. The wheel did not go back on again. The engineer was looking, they were staring, and then... The sign you never want to see in an American racetrack, the finger of fate or the arm of fate pointing back towards the paddock and to go behind the wall. And once they got the wheel on, they went behind the wall. It's quite obvious there's been a, a suspension failure in that rear right. It's not sitting at all correctly. This is not, I wouldn't think this is going to be work of a, a long amount of work, but they're going to need to change something they can't change on the pit lane, probably a toe arm or perhaps even a top link. But yeah, bad news for that Lamborghini that was going so well. So suspension problems for the number 83 Lamborghini from Iron Dames. And Jeremy, that car was a rocket ship with Dorian Pan uh, earlier on. It certainly was. They had a tremendous opening stint to this race. A great qualifying yesterday as well. So really disappointing for that. Uh, another crowd favourite team here, I think. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, the car looks great. Uh, the girls are doing a super, super job. I uh, have done all week long. Um, but And, yeah, they, they had that minor miscue where they came into the pits earlier on, uh, just before the, well, just as the pits were closing. So they had to drive through it, cost them the lead in the class. Since then, still running strongly, but now this problem is going to set them back a long, long way. Yes. So right rear suspension, as reported by Nick, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll get our colleagues at uh, Charlotte to pass that along to our TV booth. Although that's only next door to me, I'm not quick enough to write that down and stick it uh, on the window. So at the front of the field, Matt Campbell leads by three quarters of a second from Sebastian Bourdais. It's Porsche Penske Motorsport number seven, the 963, leading the new GTP category. From Cadillac's V-Series R number 01, the gold-fronted car, Sebastian Bourdais, been in that seat since the start of the race. Mike Rockenfeller, the JDC Miller Motorsports, Jeremy, in third. And the top three, separated by 1.6 seconds, Marco Wittmann, uh, only another three or four seconds behind. Where is he? Coming down the hill now and comes through. Yeah, six seconds away from the lead. And he's got just two-tenths of a second on the Cunningham and all the Apura. And then Jimmy Bruni's another four seconds further back. Yeah, so it's uh, still you know, those, those top three pretty much running in tandem here as they work their way through through slower, tra through slower traffic. And against a good example of the patience that has to be shown by these GDP cars. Much quicker than that LMP3 heading oh. into turn five. But um, they had to just 
be patient, wait till the LMP3 car came out of the corner, and then jump on the throttle and blast past them. Ricky Taylor right with Martin Vipman through turns five, six, and seven. Now onto the long back stretch. Two little kinks in that, two little rises. And then the big, big drop down the hill to turn 10A and 10B. The BMW then holding on to fourth position. Martin Vipman having taken over the car from Augusto Farfus. Two cars recently behind the wall. We mentioned the Iron Dames, also the Andretti Autosport car going behind the wall. We'll keep an eye on that in the paddock with our intrepid pit lane right. team. Last year's winner then behind the wall for Andretti Autosport, yeah. and their season of bad luck, Jeremy, continues. It does, doesn't it? Big, and they've been running uh, really strongly. Jared led the early stages. He fell back in around the pit stops, but was working his way through again. And yeah, that'll be disappointing for that team. We're down to now five uh, cars. One of matches on the li- off the lead lap in uh, LMP3. There's just no respite for the drivers here. You get through a, a, a clump of traffic and then you hit another clump of traffic. And if you're lucky, you get two or three corners where you, if, you, if you're one of the slower categories, I'm not sure you're getting a clear lap at all. And if you're one of the quicker cars, I'm not sure you're getting a full lap online at all. Um, they have had the sweepers out during the yellow flags, the battle for fourth goes underneath us I'm trying to rack my brain to remember what happened to the Andretti 36 car I think they did take a penalty at one stage but I can't remember what else happened so we'll uh, task one of our pit lane reporters to head to their Shea Adam is at the pit box that car's gone behind the wall Shea Has, has everybody gone with it oh hang on one second battle for the lead and a pass for the lead I think uh, pass for the fourth place rather I think with Conning and Minolta's Acura using the traffic but is the BMW still on his inside? No he hasn't yeah, been able to make it no. he got side by side for a moment, sorry Shea go ahead you're at the pit in the pit lane for the Andretti car are you? I'll try and fade you, no you won't fade it up hello Shea uh, I did just get an answer. Broken left rear upright from contact oh. with another car. They have the Michelin that, uh, well, let's put it this way. If it was battered and bruised, uh, it definitely would stand out from everybody else I've seen today. Uh, this poor little Ligier back in the garage. They're trying to fix it, but it looks like another bad race for them. Really have had no look but bad luck this year. Uh, stepping up to GT or into GT next year Jeremy with the Aston Martin and uh, I mean fair play to them for wanting to come back because actually it's been a season to forget in some respects well hasn't it just I mean everything that can go wrong has gone wrong with that team this season yeah the first two races we talked about it several times the last few races the first two races they did Gabby Chavez didn't even get a, a, a racing lap under his belt because Jared Andretti was taken out in two consecutive races before... Not of his own making as well. No, exactly. Taken out, completely innocent, innocent victim. And it sounds like that might have been a similar issue yeah. with contact at the rear there for the upright. 
So Campbell leads by two seconds from Sebastian Bordier. Porsche number seven from Cadillac Zebra One, from Mike Rock Rockenfeller. What a run this is for JDC Miller Motorsports. And back onto the pit lane, the purple number 83. Nick Damon, you'd been watching that one. That was uh, suspension problems as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it has just uh, gone past its pit, flashing its lights. So thank you, guys. Uh, yeah, it was obviously a, a relatively easy fix, either a toe link or an upright, but they decided to do it in the in the paddock rather than actually doing it on the pit wall, as we saw earlier with the uh, the Acura. Uh, the, uh, Nick, yep. did it stop at its pit? No. Nope. Uh, that's going to be a penalty, then. <laughs> really? Yeah. You have to stop with your pit when you come out from back from behind the it wall. Kind of I think. It waved it. it kind of, it, it's a kind of all right. Let's, it kind of moved about two yards towards the pit. It kind of like, look at me. More like, it was more like an air, like an aircraft dipping its wings. You know, to say hello as it goes over an airfield. Yeah, the pattern is full. Oh, sorry, <laughs> uh, request for flyby denied. Uh, negative Ghost Rider, as she has just said about it. I'm right to say, sure that when you come from, from behind the wall, you're supposed to stop at your pit stop? Well, I thought that was the case, but when the 93 came back out earlier on, that was the uh, yeah. Acura. They went straight from behind the wall, out onto the racetrack. So okay. either they got away with one. Well, we'll keep an eye on that. Well, that might have been a rule that's uh, changed. It certainly used to be the case. Seven and a half hours still to go. The lead across the line now underneath my feet and heads down to turn one. When I say underneath my feet, we are here trackside at the Global Broadcast Centre is pretty much aligned with the stripe up on the second floor of the magnificent Michelin Tower. If you've got iRacing by the way, it has been modelled in iRacing and you can actually view around inside it on iRacing as well. You can actually get inside the tower and move around. Uh, great view from the roof, particularly where the sun starts going down tonight over the Fox Factory Bridge. Uh, there'll be plenty of photographers checking out the wonderful vistas that are to be had here. Great. I mean, the, the, as I said earlier on, Jeremy, the infrastructure's been improved, uh, whether it's the internet, whether it's the Michelin Tower we're standing in. The character of the track and the character of this race is exactly as it was back in 1998-1999, which is full-on, head-down, no-nonsense, let's get to the end of the 10 hours. And this is a proper track that has uh, proper consequences for mistakes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's... Um it's pretty daunting around here, particularly in, in inclement conditions like we've had earlier this week. But thankfully right now, the uh, blue sky is a pretty prevalent. So it's a, it's a gorgeous day right now and, and a big crowd here enjoying some exciting action. And uh, we're now for th 99 laps completed by Maddie Campbell next time around. And he's well, stretched out a lead of almost two seconds now over Sebastian Bourdais but yeah, still very early stages for these GTP contenders and all of the top six at least will be happy they're keeping the cars on the on the lead lap and in contention but uh, hats off particularly to Mike Rockefeller number five team for JDC Miller Motorsports um, yeah, privateer Porsche getting absolutely zero help from the Porsche organisation himself which seems bizarre to me but confirmed to me by uh, several people and it's the same for the uh, for the for the proton team as well uh, Porsche not working with its customers oddly 
very different to the old regime at Porsche, but um, that's the situation. And uh, there is Rock- Rockefeller hanging in, uh, in third position. Uh, let's go to Sheer in the pit lane. Dwight Merriman's brought the Aero Motorsport number 18 in. We've also had the 0-4 CrowdStrike Racing by Algarve Pro Racing and the TDS number 11 in. Both of their starting drivers have got out. Sheer, what's going on? down at the number one eight, the era motorsport car they're trying to change the tail um, but it's not really working the damage to the right rear of the car was pretty minuscule Dwight Merriman jumped out uh, walked over to the wall it is Ryan Dial who has taken over Ryan who has won this race twice before the new tail is not seating properly onto the 18 Orica though so this is a lengthier stop and yeah you mentioned George Kurtz coming in and getting out of the car does that mean we've had two hours 30 minutes and then then some time elapsed because that would be minimum drive time for each of these bronzes. Nick Damon is uh, watching the pit stops at the other end. We'll get to him. Oh, go on, Nick. No, I thought I was, I was all kind of breathing and ready to go. I'm going to see a grab weather with uh, Stephen Thomas. He's just finishing a chat with Excellent. his uh, engineer. Well, that was a very, very busy uh, two hours and forty minutes or so. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, we have a really good car. We have the best crew. It's a lot, a lot of fun out there. A lot of traffic, and that's a lot to navigate. I mean, uh, it's an interesting fun. We see a lot of people have, have not had fun. We had a lot of people coming together. Is that people being over-optimistic or just a, just a result of how many cars there are on the track? Well, I mean, there are cars everywhere, um, and you see the traffic, and you can see the other P2 cars are around you and how they're getting through traffic. So you have a pretty good idea. But, you know, sometimes you hit traffic right and sometimes you don't. And you just have to stay patient and try to get them out of the corners. Are the GTP cars being polite? There's not a massive speed difference between you and the GTPs. Are they being polite as they overtake you or just pushing past? Uh, No, I haven't had any problems with the GTP cars all year, honestly. Uh, They've been pretty good. I mean, we're actually a little faster in the corners, so they get us on the straights and... I mean, to me, those guys are professional drivers, and at least in the first stints when I'm out there, you know, they're respectful. And I'm trying to be respectful of them. They're doing this for a living, so I give them some room. Is this you done, or will you get another run later? I'm not sure. I, I think I've done my full drive time, but uh, honestly, I just got out of the car, and I'm not sure. Great stuff. Well done, though. Thanks a lot, man. Great drive by Stephen Thomas early on in that mayhem. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those cars are quick cars that he's driving, the LMP2s. These aren't pro drivers, as, as you heard him alluding to there. I like that attitude, Jeremy. And, you know, you mentioned it in qualifying. He came to racing fairly recently. Yeah. So he hasn't uh, got the, the racing background and the experience. But his attitude has been superb this year. Yeah, absolutely superb. I mean, it was 2018, his first track day. Uh, it wasn't until... 19 I think he did his first race so uh, yeah, he, 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 he got on board More with, than a uh, clap there. with, More uh, than with a Ross clap. Bentley as his driver coach back from the very very start and Ross is here with him again this weekend and he's just come on in leaps and bounds Stephen he did a fabulous job yesterday to qualify within point zero two of a second of Ben Keating okay. he was a little bit more circumspect in the race today with Stephen quite happy to, to run you know, to, to slip down at a place or two and not run the same sort of pace as Ben Keating knowing that there's a long long way to go in this race and his pro, pro drivers from here Mikkel Jensen and Scott Huffaker are more than capable of uh, taking the fight to the other LMP2 cars 
got a word with George Kurtz once he's finished his debrief with the with the team and uh, he's working with them there at the moment it's IMSA Radio and TV together from the 26th running of the season finale of IMSA's WeatherTech Sports Car Championship it is Matul Patilamon Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta playing host as tradition dictates and it's been um, interesting so far if you are just joining us here's a recap cars going off on the warm up and formation laps we have already lost the number 6 Porsche although I'm hearing that that car will be coming back shortly but out of contention that was a championship contender for GTP for Porsche and Penske Motorsport Nick Tandy at the wheel when he was collected in a multi-car accident triggered by the number 20 high-class racing car driven by Dennis Anderson for which Dennis received a stop and 120 seconds a stop and two minute hold he and three other cars damaged in that incident the inception McLaren I don't think will be coming back that was the number 70 car 023 a Ferrari uh, did make it back into the pits uh, and that car has continued for the Triazi Competition organisation. I saw the race engineer for that car uh, a little while ago before the start, and uh, they've been struggling with that car this weekend. Some of the other Ferraris have been fairly fairly stout, but. Um, conjecture there that, that the those cars have had to add 20 kilos of weight to the Ferrari since the last race that the uh, that the Trials Competizione team did which is Watkins Glen just doing the Michelin Endurance Cup this season and he says just kind of taking the car out of the window four and a half uh, uh, four and a half minutes to the first tranche of Endurance Cup points it's the end of the lap after the four hour mark championship points um, as they run sorry what am I saying it's uh, still a wee while before that but as they run in the championship as of right now there's an 11 point gap between the number 10 Conic and Minolta Acura and the number 7 this is at the drivers championship the number seven, Matt Campbell and Philippe Nazar, Porsche. Then the 31, Cadillac of Sims and Durrani, Alexander Sims and people Durrani. That's GTP drivers. In, two, in LMP2, Paul Luke Shatan and Ben Keating on 2045 have a 53.0 advantage over Mikkel Jensen. Stephen Thomas with Ben Hanley and George Kurtz 137 points down that's the 52 11 and 4 the damage I think on the uh, Lexus number 14 at the front 
and let's go down to the pits we'll give you some more championship updates throughout the race Nick Damon first of all uh, yeah it was uh, the Paul Miller um, the championship winning uh, BMW has rejoined the race and it did stop its pit it did actually come in and stop its pit box that's mainly because they wanted to put some fuel on it so I'm not sure what, what that rule is or not but they if it, they haven't fallen foul with it Paul Miller they stopped put some fuel in made sure the nuts were tight and off they went out again to try and catch up some many many laps there behind Shit, Adam that's the update I was going to give you too. Ah, yes. <laughs> ah, okay. Sharing information as well. Now, seven hours, 15 minutes still to go. That first tranche of points for the Michelin Endurance Cup, by the way. Uh, that will come at the four-hour mark, then the eight-hour mark, and then the 10-hour mark. So a little way to go yet before we get down uh, to that. Jeremy Shaw has uh, got a guest with him. Sneaked in behind you there. Oh, so he has. Yeah. Jagger Jones. Great to see you, Jagger. Uh, a, uh, you had your introduction to sports car racing this weekend. Of course, from a very famous family. His father is a Parnelli Jones. His dad, PJ, who had a lot of success in sports car racing. You're following some illustrious footsteps. Uh, Jagger, you've been doing uh, Indy Next this season. You've got an opportunity to drive a... Uh, an LMP3 car in the VP Racing Sports Car Challenge for this first weekend. You almost would have, could have, should have, right? How, d describe your weekend. Yes, we had a very productive weekend. Ah, there it is. Yes, we had a very productive weekend. First, thank you guys for having me up here in the booth. It's a uh, a pleasure to kind of tell you a little bit about my experience in my weekend in the VP Challenge Series. Um, yeah, like I said, first time driving an LMP3 car. It was quite the experience, and I'm uh, super grateful to Remstar Racing for choosing me and trusting me with the car this weekend. We had two really close races. Um, on on uh, Thursday, I was making a pass for the lead with three minutes to go in a really heated battle. It was great, my first multi-class race. And a little incident kind of caused me and the leader uh, to both get penalties and took us out of the contention for the win. But I learned a lot that day and applied it all to Friday morning. We had a really successful race, pulled away from the field. I had about, I think, a 14-second lead with two laps to go. And a mechanical issue stopped us from getting the win. So we showed the speed. We were the ones to beat. Um, I learned a lot. I really appreciate this type of racing. Uh, my family does have a lot of history in sports car. And... Um, I've driven everything from NASCAR to IndyCar stuff, off-road, and now getting to um, show my skills in sports car racing is super cool. Did it live up to expectations? Is I, this what you're expecting? I mean, you only had one brief test here in that LMP3 car before you raced it for the first time. Well, I can say the multi-class racing was a lot more intense than I expected it to be. Um, us there with the GSX cars... Um, we're about 11 seconds quicker in the LMP3, so that was definitely something for me to learn, and I learned a lot of that in the first race, um, and I feel like I grew a lot as a racing driver this weekend, and um, hopefully it can lead to some more opportunities in sports car racing uh, in the future. You've been watching this race, I, I take it, Jagger. Um, you think that was intense yesterday. What do you think this has been today? <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> I, with 20 cars on the racetrack um, was a lot. And with over 50 on the racetrack, it's crazy, the traffic um, and the different 
speeds of the cars and they have to do it through the S section is so tight and it's so hard to pass. It's like the bullring of sports car racing. Is this where you aspire to be in the WeatherTech Championship or in the Mission and Pilot Challenge? Yes, I still, um, I'm kind of exploring my options right now. I would love to um, obviously be kind of further my career in the open wheel side. And I think along with that, um, I really look up to guys like Scott Dixon and um, other IndyCar, Elio Castroneves, Pagano, all these guys that are um, running up front in IndyCar and then come here and they're super fast in sports cars. So I, I would love to be here in the future. I was very interested to hear what you said there about multi-class racing. I have often contended that you can't learn multi-class racing unless you've done multi-class racing. And it doesn't matter whether it's LMP3 and G. SX, whether it's uh, GS and TCR, or whether it's GTP and everything else in here. There is something there that is just different from racing either single manufacturer or single formula. Yeah, it's it's definitely different. And I did a ton of laps uh, and tons of multi-class racing on iRacing and different simulators just to get ready for this weekend because um, it was a box I haven't ticked in the past. And uh, it was it was a that's what the VP Challenge Series is great for is uh, for drivers like me to be able to, you know, learn that multi-class racing and dealing with the different speeds before I do get an opportunity in the WeatherTech uh, Championship. So I'm, I'm grateful for IMSA putting on that series and um, allowing drivers like me to come in and be able to learn at a lower level and then apply what we learned um, once we do get those opportunities. So what, what is the plan for next year? What is the hope for next year? And nothing's settled yet, but what would you, you know, what would you like to do in um, 2024? We still have some time in the off season, and I've been working really hard uh, along with me graduating college in December. I've been really working hard on what I'm going to be racing next year. It takes um, a, a good financial situation and good partners behind me, and that's what we're working on right now to um, really iron out the details. I have some opportunities um, in Indy Next, possibly for some for next year, maybe some LMP, more LMP3 and VP, maybe some LMP2, so nothing official yet. Um, we're really exploring our options and kind of see where the best, best place for me to develop as a driver is going to be. Out on the circuit at the moment, a gentleman who was at the first race behind the wheel of the number 88, Emmanuel Collard, the AF Corsa LMP2 car, just rounding turn seven and heading off down the back straight. Uh, he wasn't just here, he had won the race with Eric van der Poole and Wayne Taylor in the Ferrari Triple Three. And still racing, still enjoying himself. So you could be setting yourself up. That's 25 years ago. So you could be setting yourself up for a big career here, Jagger. Yes, I, I see there's a, a future for me in racing, and that's all I've wanted to do since I was, um, you know, two feet tall, and it's all I want to do to this day. I know be, before you started your road racing career just a couple of years ago, you had to sit out a couple of years, didn't you? So how galling was that? Yeah, it was tough. I went... Um, I didn't have much racing going on in my life through COVID, unfortunately. Some deals we were working on didn't come together. It was a, a tough time, and I went to college, and um, every day, though, I was working on um, how do I get myself back in a race seat, and I, that's really when I made the transition into the road course stuff. Got a problem at turn number five, car off the circuit, and let's see if it gets going again. Looks... I think it's the Volt Porsche. I think it is moving again, though. It's, if they no, no, it was the 36 that car again Ooh. with trouble, and we've got a full course yellow. It is the 
Andretti Autosport number 36. This our fifth full course yellow now, Jeremy, is that right? Yes. And, well, we were just getting in towards having a full stint there and getting some sensible data. And it's well beached in the gravel for a car that had been going well, then had some mechanical issues. It was uh, reported as uh, suspension issues, wasn't it, for the uh, number 36, Jarrett Andretti. And he will get towed out. Uh, was that a mistake or was that further issues? Here's how they run before the safety car changes everything. Matt Campbell for Porsche Penske Motorsport in the 963. The number seven leads from the 01 Cadillac. That's Sebastian Baudet in the gold-fronted machine. JDC Miller Motorsports, all yellow Porsche. The 963, Mike Rockenfeller, the number five car is in third. Then in fourth, it's Acura number uh, the accurate number 10 and the top six made up by Marco Vittman for BMW and My Shank Racing the number 60 from Elio Castro Neves let's hear from Jimmy Bruni who's out of the Porsche from Proton Racing he's with Nick Damon Jimmy you've come in just before that uh, yellow flag that must play into your hands yeah I mean uh, we had uh, honestly we were because we only changed one side of the tires and uh, we didn't have so much time on uh, on practice to explore this uh, strategy so it was a bit on the edge in terms of grip uh, so i tried to come early and change the tires full tires for, with the drivers and uh, yeah i mean i mean the race so long so anyway it's uh, i'm happy that we did it because it was uh, getting on the not on the very good on the safety side from the rear left tires so all okay how are you finding the uh, the traffic out there? Because we've had a, a lot of coming together. We have a lot of incidents with the GTP cars, sometimes with themselves. Yeah. You know, I'm uh, I'm coming from Rome. It's a big city with so much traffic, so you have to you have to play around the Rome to survive. So it's a similar situation with uh, such a high speed cars. Uh, no, it's I mean it's part of this championship. It's also something good that uh, we will uh, maybe mix uh, next year with not anymore the P3 cars. Jimmy, I spoke to you at Le Mans and you were very, very excited about getting into this car. Has it been everything you expected it to be? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, obviously it's a fast car, completely different than what I used to drive the last 15 years. Uh, and obviously we, we get the car very late in July with not so much testing, actually nothing. Uh, but we get it used to, all three of us and the team especially, all the boys on board are getting used to. So I'm, I'm looking forward for the, for the last race of WC and next year for sure next year with this team of course fantastic thank you jimmy thank you. down at the other end of the pit lane with george kurtz george you've gotten out of the zero four crowd strike by apr your job is done now effectively how much more nerve-wracking is it for you now that your championship and potentially your lamar entry is in someone else's hands well the good thing is we had a we had a very good first stint we put our time in we didn't have any issues and the car was very good so uh you know worked through traffic well and got it to where we needed to be to put ben in and uh, really, we're right on strategy. Uh, we're just dealing with the yellows, dealing with the chaos of all the traffic. It's so many cars. It's just crazy out there at the moment. Uh, but we feel good where we are, and now we've got two great drivers that hopefully are going to take it home for us. Well, and the good news is the last time we had an endurance race, it was you and your two co-drivers who came home first. So 130-odd points out of the lead of the championship. That's not daunting to you, is it? 
Well, you know, we didn't have a great Road America, even though we were pretty fast. So, unfortunately, we're a little bit behind there. But we've still got the Endurance Cup to play for. And uh, we've also obviously got the uh, Le Mans entry. So that's been our focus. And however it shakes out after that, we'll see what happens. But uh, so far, we're just uh, heads down. You got to run this race last year, but now you're back as a Le Mans winner. So is Petit Le Mans any different when you have that honor? Well, you know, it's uh, it was it was a great honor and uh, something I'll never forget. Now, it, you know, it's always uh, about your next race, right? Only as good as your next race. So we'd love to win this one and put this on the resume, and then uh, we'll focus on next year. Good luck. Thank you. Always a pleasure talking to George Kurtz, another one of the non-pro drivers who thoroughly enjoys his motor racing. Uh, been working with Colin Brown for a few years now, getting on for a decade, actually. And uh, Colin Brown, of course, there's another driver who we want to know where he's going to wash up next year. And uh, rock up into which team, we do not know. LMP2 at the moment, PR1 Matheson leading for, from, uh, for the number 52, AF Corsa. Emmanuel Collard has just gone back out in second place, but of course they've made their pit, be pit stop before the yellow, so that's good news for them. Then Ben Handley in the 0-4, the crowd strike that he well, shares with George did the number Kurt. 88 car come in before uh, the yellow, or, did, or was that emergency service? Uh, no, no, they've changed driver, so okay. um, it can't have been emergency service. Let me just no, check. No, Collard was already at the wheel. Stand by. I'm pretty sure. Because uh, the car's just gone out of the pits. I think that came in after. Number 52 car was in, I think, short right before the caution period, I believe. Sorry, uh, yes. Yeah. It was the Jimmy Bruni car that came in before, yeah. beforehand. Uh, and the 52, which was leading in uh, LMP2. Yeah, let me scroll through the race control. That's funny. Can't say. Oh, yeah, uh, Collard entered the pits. So, 88 and 36 entered closed pits, but it would have been emergency service for Emmanuel Collard. Collard yeah. Because yeah. he's just on so, his, yeah. his outlap now. All right, pit so stops for GTP. Back from second place, yeah. Uh, Nick Here we go. Here they come menacingly towards me. Actually, only five of them have, have come in. Uh, the 01, uh, the... Uh, <laughs> uh, we got one, the 24 BMW, the 7 um, Porsche, the uh, 10 Acura... The JDC Miller Motorsports car, and of course the leading, or car have been oscillating in the lead, the Zero One Cadillac racing at the moment. It is full service for, say, the Cadillac, Rudiger Van Zandt is going to that one. Been a driver change in JDC Miller Motorsport. They've not put Jensen in the car, I see him watching over. Uh, at the moment, everything seems to be just about okay. The, the fuel fill is so long, so long. And also, apparently, we have the six... The six Porsche is returning to the, the race and away. And the first car away is the 35, the, sorry, the 31. The 35 Wheeling Cadillac won that sprint from the pit lane. The 10 was second, and then the 01 Cadillac was third. Well, the 52 had such an advantage over the rest of the P2 field that PR1 Matheson was able to give a splash of fuel to that car and send it well before any other LMP2s managed to hit their marks in their boxes. We also had a driver change for the number 74. That was Gar Robinson's car that he started where I believe now it has gone to uh, Josh Burden behind the wheel of that one. Fuel and tires for the 74. Jagger Jones with uh, Jeremy Shaw and John Hindoff in the Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, 
So just, just very quickly there, John, yeah, uh, as uh, Nick was saying, you know, just five cars came into the pits in GTP. They're the only car, five cars on the lead lap right now. The 59 car that came in right before the caution period had fallen off the lead lap, so he stays out. Also, the number 60, the number 31, and the number 25 car that had their problems early on, number 60 car was hit, uh, and the, well, the 31 and 25 made contact at the end of the pit lane, had lost the lap. They've stayed out once they will get the wave around, because before we get go back to green, the field will be reset behind the safety car, and those cars that are, are between the safety car and their class leader, in their case the overall leader, will be allowed to go past the safety car and then pull into position, into their rightful position, because they've not been lapped at that stage by the race leader because he has been into the pit lane. Uh, and then they will pull it to the back of the field and then they will make their pit stop and they will be back on the lead lap. Here come all the leading GT cars. We've also had a new visitor, number six, that uh, Penske Porsche car that was uh, very unlucky the incident a couple of hours ago that has been repaired. They've come, stopped their box, taken its full set of fuel. Both Lexuses, Lexi, Lexu, whatever they are, they're both stopped uh, in their positions. They're leading their through. We have the uh, the final race, and one of the final stops, of course. A few more to go for the Corvette, the number three, came in in fourth place. And a complete plethora of machines all the way up to Shay, who's got even more GTDs than I have. Important from down here from the lead of the GTD class. Sidney Doncha is taking over the number 57 windward racing Mercedes. We've got Laura Spinelli in the number 78 Lamborghini. That was chasing him on the racetrack, now chasing him down the pit lane. Another big driver change, number 97, Bill Oberlin. So if you're standing next to the racetrack, take half a step back. And the other big driver change I noticed, a guy I'm going to have to go and get a word with because I think Alan Brynjolfsson has just gotten out of the 77 volt racing Porsche for the last time. He's handed over to Trent And I believe it was the Corvette that won the race off pit lane uh, there and almost contact uh, as well as they were going out huge amount of work for the Porsche Penske Motorsport team to get that number six back out on the track and that is Mathieu Jaminet behind the wheel of that car uh, as it is back running again they lost well lost the best part of an hour didn't they uh, or thereabouts there are 67 laps an hour and a half that is uh, off the lead now so let's see how many they can pick off back and they'll stay out there because it is essential for them to get as much data as they possibly can for these still relatively new cars the wave by is ongoing and uh, that means you'll see cars going at speed uh, you're yeah. listening to the 26th running of Motul Petit Le Mans, IMSA Radio, IMSA TV, Sirius XM 207, and around the circuit here at Michelin Raceway Road Atlanta on 98.1 FM. 